Welcome, welcome, welcome to Planning Face Syndicate, episode 112. Can Darth Vader defend himself? And let's talk about churn zero placement. Welcome everyone to episode 112. Tonight, we have a special guest joining us in a few minutes. Uh, but before we get to that, what we wanted to do is just kind of talk a little bit about churn zero. So we decided after we concluded our list archetype um, segment, we do some smaller segments. <laughs> So that we bite off a little bit less than we can chew. And what we do is we're going to be having a conversation about churn zero placement tonight, as well as covering a few um, store championships that happened this week. With that being said, let's bring in our special guest for tonight. Please welcome to the show the ex-rebel and future Empire Overlord, Nick Sperry from 312 Squadron. How are you doing tonight, sir? <laughs> Good, man. Feeling Still feeling like a sellout when it's switching factions like that, but <laughs> it seems to have worked out. It does. It does work out a little bit in your benefit, given that you made top four at Gen Con and went 5-0 and on your day and pulled out a store champ win. Yeah, yeah. With month. Rebels, I have zero Worlds invites, and with Empire in like a month, I have two, so... <laughs> sure so good on you for that also thank you for the prime subscription if anybody would like to follow suit you're welcome to throw prime subscriptions our way um if you don't want to no big deal as always my other co-host the bench warmer who came off the bench today to win a store champ last night alex how are you tonight sir i'm doing okay i do appreciate that nick's pulled out playing the most popular faction to play not a popular faction. <laughs> Apparently. I, I thought they were pretty popular. <laughs> and as always, the one and only JJ still doesn't have his store champ invite and lost every ship oh. in his combine game. The Holy new God. Lions fan that we have here tonight, Mr. JJ Gridiron. How are you tonight, sir? So I noticed that as soon as, you know, I got, um, you know, sent to to now wear Lions gear, I had my worst game on stream ever. Um, I truly played like a Lion player. Um, yeah, that's right. So, you know, I just feel like it's becoming part of my identity now, you know, being a Lions fan. Oh, so I don't know. A the true Lions fan because he <laughs> lost all five ships and eight shots. <laughs> that's what the Lions fan feels like. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm hoping that uh, I get my invite at Nova. Um, if not, there's another uh, championship, uh, store champ coming up here in uh, Columbia, South Carolina that I'm going to probably go to, uh, which will be the following week after Nova. So hopefully, you know, two chances to get a store uh, or a world's invite. Hope that I get one of those. Well, awesome. Well, tonight we decided to have Nick on. We haven't had Nick on. It's probably been like four or five months uh since nick's been on it's got to been yeah at least four or five months i think since we had you on last nick it's yeah, been a long time yeah i was yeah. supposed to be on last week and then i just just dropped the ball so thanks for uh letting me back on this time yeah no problem it's always fun to have a fellow join us from the stream community i can't talk tonight but the, the community that we all hang out with so <laughs> a fellow midwesterner yes. there you go <laughs> Congrats, Alex, on the store champ win, by the way. I didn't know you Thanks. wanted to. Just wait, wait until you see the list, and then you're going to just look at me horrified. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
That is very it, true. As did all your opponents. They looked at you horrified. Oh, every single one of them was just like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. We'll just play a game. <laughs> just tell me what happens eventually. <laughs> yeah, so I think we could kind of kick the 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 show off. I, I think there was an originally a discussion um, on which Vader is the best Vader. And I think, you know, for the first segment, kind of what I wanted to do is talk just a tiny bit about, you know, different Vader play styles and if there is a superior Vader list versus a non-superior Vader list, as well as kind of talking about what do we do for counters. So uh, given Nick's run and publicity, there's a high probability we will see more of that Empire list, um, which we usually do. Um, but after a big tournament, we see the top list kind of be mimicking copied. And that, that's not a bad thing, right? Like, that's that's okay. Um, I think the big thing, though, is is if you are going to run that and no other people are, it might be a good discussion to have to say, hey, what counters the list? Or what do you do when you encounter a clone of the list, specifically? So, to begin with, we have the version that Nick ran. And then JJ has offered up a version that he kept changing on me. Uh, and, and it looks pretty close to Nick's version. But... Originally, JJ had made a statement a couple weeks ago saying that there is other viable Vader lists out there. So why don't we kind of begin with, Nick, what is the list that you brought to a couple of championships and one of? Yeah. um, So I brought... The list is called Vader and the Fives, is what I called it. But at Gen Con, it was officially called Nixperia Sellout, just because I was playing. <laughs> and I'll describe, I'll tell you why I thought I was a sellout in a second. But uh, it's it's headed by Starter Set Vader, which has the same ability as the seven point customizable Vader, but he's only six points. He's got a built in shield upgrade, so he's got three shields, three hull. He's got hate, afterburners, and ion missiles. So this is a standardized card that you can only find in the like $80 new corset imperial corset that came out with the the Good four old pay to win vader hey literally what people have been calling it and it makes me feel <laughs> horrible when i hear that and that's a whole nother basket <laughs> to, you know, can arms to, to open but uh and then the rest of the list is four fives it's tomax which is the new you know hot and heavy i you know i5 three point tons of loadout tie bomber that was just put in standard it's uh he's got barrage rockets sat salvo and uh bomblets of course and then you've got the boys. It's Matt Backstabber and Mahler. For those of you not familiar with, with them, they have an extra hole, which is wild because they do not feel like TIE Fighters with an extra hole. They got four hole. They're both I-5. Uh, Backstabber is four points. Mahler is three. Backstabber is crack shot, disciplined, and afterburners. And then Mahler has predator and afterburners. So cra- uh, crack shot makes Backstabber an extra point. So he's the four-pointer. As long as they're within, uh, they're at uh, range zero to one of each other in their side arcs, they have each other in their side arc or Vader, they can roll an additional attack die. Um, they can go real fast and get in people's faces and do a lot of damage. And then Merrick Steel is the four point, you know, people at this point, they have four points to play with. Who do they fill the list in with? I chose Merrick because honestly, the main reason why I picked Merrick was because he's a crit converter, which is very important in this game right now. And also really just because he's one of my all-time favorite pilots dating back to 2.0. So I just really wanted to play him at four points. I thought he was great value. Um, and his ability has been huge in 75% of my games. So shield upgrade and fire control makes him harder to kill. And when he do lose him, you don't feel that bad because he's cheap. 
Well, you know what's funny? Um, so I think I played on your stream, I don't know, three months ago, and you got to pick some of the pilots, and one of them was Merrick Steele. And that was back when Merrick was five points. So you Which must be sad, super yeah. static at four points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with 10, load, with, uh, with 10 loadout, I mean, people, I, I think the question I get asked the most about the list is why not Afterburners? And it's because I think Afterburners makes him feel a little bit more predictable and he dies much faster. That extra shield is just such a big deal. Yeah, my yeah. only question was why not marksmanship? You just have he doesn't need it. Uh, you know what's really weird? This is going to sound, this is a bizarre thing to say, but um, I roll crits very often. Oh, lucky you. Like, very often. Buscar. I've, you know, and I've played hundreds and hundreds of X-Wing games, and um, so I'd, I've never felt like I really needed it with him. I like it on him, but I don't need it. He gets one guaranteed, right? You get a range one shot, the odds of you rolling a crit naturally are fairly high, like high enough. So typically he gets like two crits at range one. I played an entire salvage game and never rolled a crit. <laughs> well, this <laughs> list is great against salvage for sure. <laughs> you can definitely see that. Uh, yeah, so that's the list. Um, it's uh, the flexibility. The, the biggest thing about this list is coming from, you know, a guy playing Rebels when things were expensive when I was playing six point T65s and Han was eight points and all that stuff. Um it, I w I'm not used to playing a list where ch ships are cheap. Um, the, almost the entire list is dirt cheap. Vader's the only one you really just don't want to lose unless it's like the right time. Um, but like, it never felt crippling when I would lose Tomax or I'd lose Mahler or if even if I played trade Merrick a lot and it was like, sure, it's fine. Yeah, and I think I think that's you know like the big thing people you know talk about right like is. Was Empire going to lose efficiency once they started nerfing some of those? But they left Vader alone, and then they gave us Merrick, and they didn't touch Juno, and so there's a whole, whole discussion for that piece of it, right? And mm -hmm. I think, I think you know, giving us a couple of other cheaper ships to make five ship list is kind of where AMG wanted that sweet spot to go. Um, in my opinion, that's what it kind of feels like. So, um, yeah. And everyone forgot about the boys. Everyone yeah. just stopped playing it since. Yeah, release. well, the, bomber, the, the bombers came out, and people I was getting in arguments where they're like, "I don't think they're good enough." I'm like, "Well, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you think they're good enough now? You think they're good enough now?" Yeah, they were. Uh, yeah, I don't know why people just super jumped off of it. They I think it's because they didn't know how to fly. They're not the easiest to fly, but they're easy enough for me. And I never fly formation flying. Like that's not my thing. And I was able to make it work. Yeah, and like I, when I was running them, I I didn't feel that they were a bigger as that big of a deal in terms of not being able to fly them. Um, but I think the bigger thing is 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 people just don't like that you with the mod you get right and this and that and backstabber. So you know backstabber being four points makes that combo seven points versus you know only a six point combo. But I think in your list you don't really need it. I mean, if you had one extra point, where would you put it? Would you upgrade Vader? to the seven point Vader or would you upgrade Tomax or what would you do with that? Uh, I don't know if I had, if I had five points, I mean, it would be I tempting to slot soon tier in there. If you had an extra point because then you'd have two I sixes, <laughs> but um, no, I don't know. I, I think the list gets thrown off if there's an, an extra point of wiggle room. Um, the yeah. thing with the boys is that the real issue with this list is that if you have like a really bad dice game, like really bad, it's you're gonna feel it. Like I had a couple of games where Tomax was rolling like two blanks on his barrage rockets, and 
you know, it's just it, because they're cheap, I don't feel as bad. But, um, you know, the ties, they just need to be able to roll decent greens. And then because you're going up against like Arc 170s and like larger base ships with lower agility, you can still kind of you'll be able to compensate for maybe your attack dice not being as as great. But it's just keeping them alive for a few turns. Fair enough. So let's move on to JJ's list. JJ, what is your version that looks like you kind of stole from Nick here? <laughs> so this is a variant of the list that I flew for the Richmond Open. Um, this one is uh, Vader with uh, the, the same Vader, the SSB Vader, Tomex Bren, uh, same loadout, Merrick Steel with a marksmanship that I shot in Afterburners, uh, Lieutenant Laurier with Lone Wolf and Targeting Computer, and then Vizier with Captain Hark and Seven Sister. Now, um, originally... I in my original list I had for Richmond Open I had Boy Vader with um with Mauler um in this list and then Juno Eclipse um which were like my top three ships that would go in there to go to the attack. Now I swapped over to this particular variant because the bombers were very, very good. And um I felt you know the the combination of the barrage rocket with saturation salvo was good. Um, I I actually currently right now my XTC list that I have I have uh, Vader Soon here with two bombers with sat salvo and barrage rockets. Um, but ultimately, I decided just to go for the one and specifically Tomax mainly because he has that I five that can go in and attack and stuff. Um, however, I've been I, I've been kind of uh, at least for my style of playing. Um, for me, the outlier for me is Tomax, um, because yeah, you know, there's, there's times where he has to choose a lot of times to spend that focus in order for him to uh, live or not take a, a chain of crits, uh, that can come through and that severely diminishes his output. Um, so I've actually been considering going back to just having Mauler on there since he can reliably uh, keep up with Vader um, and have those uh, that three die attack. Um, and having three agility also does help as well um, to, to be a little more resistant to taking damage more than the bombers can. Um, but uh, in regards to Merrick still, I did uh, specifically choose Afterburners and Marksmanship mainly because um the name of this list that what i called it is called shock and all uh which is just um, a, a list that wants to disrupt your list on turn one um to force an engagement as early as possible um to prevent your formation from uh setting up any type of um any type of formation so that way they can get ready and have a good engagement the next turn you know this list is meant to go in as hard as possible first and then have the rest of uh my other ships either um the rear and vizier uh to claim objectives and everything while you're dealing with this massive front that i've just put in aggressively against yours and win the objective game that way um and that's that's how i've kind of ran this particular list obviously tomax can't really do that um the fastest the tie bomber can go is a four straight um so you're typically not getting a first uh, round one engagement if you're um uh, if you're going with a bomber, um, as most people tend to try to slow play a little bit or slow roll just to make sure that they can set up their formation correctly, um, Tomax can really take advantage of that on turn one. Um, so I've I've been messing around with different variations of this list, but that's this is kind of the most similar of what I've ran in uh, in Richmond Open. How frequently do you coordinate with Vizier in that list? Um, it's situational. I tend to coordinate a lot. 
uh, Vizier, uh, Vizier's sneakiness is uh, quite good, actually. Um, usually, I tend to coordinate uh, Marek Steel a lot uh, to get him double botted uh, when I need him to. Um, but the majority of Vizier's um, role is to go in and jam and disrupt as much as possible. Um, being able to have the jam action and then get yourself into a location where you can block an opponent and then hopefully use Seven Sister to um, to jam another target um, or potentially tractor a target into a position where Vader and everybody else can get into a, a more advantageous position is really, really good. I would almost always trade Vizier if I can take out one of your high initiative aces half the time and if you're taking shots into vizier and the rest of my aces are healthy i would gladly take that trade all right so now it begs the question is there a superior vader uh yeah absolutely there's no question about it <laughs> all right which which one is superior nick uh okay so the existence of the star star set vader makes seven point vader I mean, without sounding mean, just kind of pointless to take unless you just like are at the game store and you just can't, you don't have the materials to play the six point version of, you know, Battle of Yavin or Star Set Vader, which is the superior one. Why? Well, Star Set Vader has all the tools that a seven point Vader would want, including with the shield upgrade and stuff, right? Has the same ability, which is really why you would take seven point Vader now that they have the same ability. If, if it was different, like Battle of Yavin Vader versus Seven Point Vader, when those were the only two options, there was a stark difference. It's like one is pure aggro for dealing a lot of damage, taking locks every turn, relying on the force. The other one is much more like more nimble, can be more flexible, um, but doesn't have as much health. Um, but you pay a price for it with that extra point. Now that the starter set Vader exists, he has everything that the Seven Point Vader needs and wants. He is a point cheaper, and he can... The biggest thing is objective play. So if I'm playing Star Set Vader, I can five straight afterburners claim the crate, like in Salvage Mission. I can spend a force to focus. I can spend a force to take a lock, and I can deal damage, take a meaningful shot, have defensive mods to back me up still, have the objective on me, and potentially knock off a crate all in, at the same time. Battle of Yavin Vader can't do that. <laughs> he can only lock. If he's taking the scenario action, he is not dealing any damage. He's dealing just a two-dice gun. Maybe he's probably getting two hits every time, but it's not enough. He's like a TIE fighter when he has to play the objective. And then he's force-starving himself. The first shot coming into him, he has no good defensive mod to back him up. And then he just takes a lot of damage early on. Yeah, and those ion missiles are like sneakily. Yes. <laughs> Somebody looked at me at Gen Con. I was setting it up, but I was they're like, do you ever use the ion missiles? I'm like, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. On whispers, on Delta 7B Anakin's at range three, on Arc 170s mm -hmm. on one hole. Like whatever I if I just need to limit the range bonus, if I need to take away the extra die, they're amazing on whispers, though, man. Because I'm uh, sure anything like that has target locks. Like proton, or, like boy, Luke yeah. shooting yeah. you or something, I, right? You uh, yeah, against, off of yeah top four game. I ionized Luke. He had a double modded protorp into one of the boys, and I just fired an ion missile at him, knocked off the lock. And I mean, the game went south, south and for different reasons, <laughs> but I was like, it was a cheeky move, and it's very, it's a great um, control. It's a control piece. Ion, ion tech has always been about control, but with Vader, it's about guaranteeing things like guaranteeing a kill. 
limiting the range bonus with whispers you know they get an extra die if there's a jam ship in the attack arc or if there are no green tokens that the attacker has so what vader will do is he'll take the lock do the focus thing and then he'll spend his force for the attack keep the focus so they only get the two two greens and most likely they'll roll a blank and get ionized so yep so i think and i think it's funny when we first saw starter pack vader we were like eh, who cares why would anybody ever run it but if you actually take his loadout and build it in seven points vader it's the same except for you get ion missiles <laughs> like as a free bonus so you get like what free is it three points or four points whatever it is they're four points so you get free four points and it costs a whole point cheaper to run yeah <laughs> so, uh, just, i had a game the same i had a game against marcel marcel is one of the best players in the country and i know him very well he lives here and we, he was playing his Republic list that he just won a store champ with. And it's a great list. And he had to win the game. He had to turn Anakin in. Anakin had taken a few shots and ended up on one hole. And I fired an ion missile at him to make sure that I killed him to win the game. Like that was the win condition for me was to just finish off Anakin. And it was just like, if I didn't have that, you know, definitely a chance he just rolls paint and survives assuming that was a range three shot right it was yeah it was a range three shot yeah so just make sure it's three on two mathematically just ensure that you get the kill um yeah i mean those instances yeah an ion missile is not the sexiest thing invaders firing his primary i want to say about 90 percent of the time but it is very powerful and yeah it's got good utility so the next question then, because you do get all the other ev- extra actions, right? So you get all these other actions, but you do lose missing, turning the blank to a hit, right? Sure. So is 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 that payout, does that payout ever seem to happen where you go, fuck me large, I wish I had the, you know, the one where I could just spend a force and, and get my free hit? Well, I guess in this game, like who else but vader gets to do that like no one else is able to play with that kind of tech anyways unless it's like a ruthless or something but like not Ray. you know 99 percent of the time no one's it's just a target lock focus or force like double modded classic old double modded shot so you know vader having a target lock and focus or force is almost always a guarantee like it feels like it when you don't get it you're like oh that sucks but i mean i don't think there was one instance in the like 15 games or so that I've played with this list now. It's not really hasn't been that much where I'm like, man, I wish I had Battle of Yavin Vader because I know Battle of Yavin Vader is a trap because he four starves himself and then ends up dying and he's the same cost. So it's just, yeah. I mean, that's a good point, but that ability, I mean, nothing beats Vader Defender's ability. It's like a cheat code, but it's like, it's like too good <laughs> and it's at the expense of any flexibility in your list because Vader can never scramble can never take the crate because he has to be taking locks to deal damage this one can do it all yeah no. yeah i agree i mean when i uh when i was running battle yavin vader um for richmond open um that definitely was one of the the pitfalls of vader is that you you end up spending so much force on offense that um unless you have a coordinating ship that, that can provide vader with that backup focus uh for just in case uh it it got really hard for vader to to consistently um like keep up that pace uh when you're when you're trying to like gun down uh different ships there um with the ssp vader i mean it's just it's just and he has hate to... jj ssp yeah, vader has hate, hate. why yeah. does he 
hate. It's exactly. So <laughs> now, the one thing I will say that SSP Vader does not have that you can get in that seven point Vader is pattern analyzer. And I got to yeah. say that combo of pattern analyzer with Vader being able to do a talent roll and then pattern analyzer in action and then just use his force to continue the action chain after he does a red, uh, a red maneuver is in my opinion, still very, very worth it. Um, I when I faced off against Duncan Howard in the final at uh, at Richmond Open, he used that to very, very good effect, being able to um, still get his mods in when he needed to. He was able to constantly spend his his target locks and focus when he needed to, yeah. um, and or afterburners boost afterwards. He could take fire control, that. right? Yeah, exactly, and and you can still be very very accurate. So there is still a place in in some Empire list for that version of Vader because he is still even more efficient than the SSP Vader is. Yeah. But SSP Vader just opens up that one point, uh, which allows for uh, better ships to be part mm -hmm. of that list. He's efficient so, yeah. enough. Like the the SSP is efficient enough to win. Seven mm -hmm. point Vader. I mean, so Tanner, you asked me about wishing I had Boy Vader's ability. I wish I had fire control sometimes because having to like spend the lock every single time I, you know, or, you know, half the time I'm taking a shot that, you know, kind of sucks. Like ultimately you're still getting, you just take a lock again when you need it, but being able to maintain a lock seven point Vader can take fire control. The lack of fire control with both of the six pointers is definitely very apparent. Um, I mean, Merrick has it in my list and I love when I'm able to use it, hold on to a lock. Well, and I think that's, you know, that's, it's, it's like the predator discussion, right? You know, like if you have predator, right. You know, like you, if you can line that bullseye up at I six, you get a predator off. It's like a free reroll. That's what fire control is. And fire control is two points. It's insanely cheap. Yeah. And you just need a lot. You don't even have to have him in bullseye. Just, just have the lock. <laughs> that's it. And, and, and I have, it's funny because I've used, um, I've used that before with fire control where I'll just like, I won't reroll all the dice. I'll roll like three dice and I'll roll one hit and two blanks to just reroll the one and then turn around and go, Oh, Hey, guess what? I'm going to keep, keep it for next, next turn because it doesn't matter this turn. I'm not going to kill you. If I'm going to kill you, I'll do it. If not, I'm just going to keep it for next turn. And it's a double mounted shot now. And right. now, yeah. now you have to run away from me or get the hell away from me because I'm just going to double mounted shot, you know? But, yeah. The threat is also the, so that you're talking about like the threat factor, like how threatening that, that shot is. SSP Vader is always so threatening still because of afterburners. Um, you know, I think one of the mistakes they made with designing that um, Battle of Yavin Vader and the starter set Vader is that they have two overlapping upgrades. You know, SSP Vader shouldn't have hate for sure because <laughs> you can have force and focus all at once for defense slash offense. And then afterburners is the one like I if there is no afterburners on starter set Vader, it, it, it's it's a non-starter like you do end up playing something else because that is such a strong being able to pounce on something being able to get out of a shot get distance from a bomb get within range of a scenario like you can't beat it you could do a 4k and afterburners back in right yeah so yeah, like be yeah. out of a shot have the lock already on the target i need to shoot at boost and then have the shot and then i could fire an ion missile or a primary whatever i want to do yeah well, we run into that with like, and I think they went uh, happy-go-lucky with afterburners because they have those on those um, SOC, um, you know, tri fighters. And originally, there was rumor that those uh, Aflacs were going to go down to three points, and then I was, you were going to have those at three points plus T eighty one. All three get free afterburners, and it's like, yep, yeah, here. I know they're only three health, but I'm going to tell you what: 
a three health shift with the free afterburners. Mm, it yeah. seems pretty good. <laughs> it's just it's just a free boost. Always has always been throughout every iteration of this game has always been one of the greatest upgrades in the game. Yep, absolutely. Has never been bad. Well, and if you think about it, if you take seven point Vader, you sacrifice that shield to ensure you have afterburners and other toys. It's just it's just a thing, and and I think that. In this game right now that we're in, where we're throwing a lot more red dice than we had been originally, I think that extra shield has come in handy. I've been running Grievous with the Afterburners upgrade because I like the double reposition with Grievous yeah. twice a game. But yep. if people ever decided they were going to only shoot Grievous, that shield upgrade would be a million times better. <laughs> it's just like, all right, I'll just take that extra yeah. health. Um, the shield upgrade is just... Uh, it's the whole i mean the the list that i was playing has two four up has two band upgrades built in two hull upgrades on the boys which is just a whole nother thing i'm so confused by why there are i would why there are hull upgrades in standardized cards and you can't use hull upgrade yep. but whatever <laughs> uh and then um you know there's there's four of the five ships have uh have a shield upgrade or, or slash hull upgrade it's just mm -hmm. and um the other thing I didn't mention is just like, I mean, it's kind of obvious. They're just hard to kill. Like, cool. Tomax is too agility, um, but you could only get three points. So, like, you were mentioning yeah. JJ, like, how he can't always, like, he has to spend his focus or whatever. Man, if your opponent is going all in on Tomax Bren, then you are probably in a pretty good spot, or you don't know how to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's fear. It's such a bait piece. He's such a it's, great bait piece. Yes, yeah. It, it's the fear of um, of getting saturation salvoed. <laughs> That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, it's pretty good. And I lined up bullseye with barrage rockets a few times too, which is just so great feeling when you know you have the reroll as well. You really need it. Yeah. So now, really, the last piece of this conversation that I want to kind of move on um, is is so JJ has a coordinator in his list. You do not, Nick. Um, so I don't know if I want to, so this, and this feels like a crispy conversation, right? Like every time I talk with crispy, he's like insanely pro some sort of coordination inside of a list. Um, but the question becomes, does the fire output of your list, do you feel the fire put output of your list counters the need to have that extra Absolutely. coordinating action that yeah. you could get every turn? Yeah, I mean, so you have to decide when in turn zero how you're going to use your list. You have you, you have the information of what the scenario is you're playing and what your opponent is playing, like what list they have. So I typically isolate two ships in my list. I'm like, you're an objective player, you're an objective player, unless it's chance. I say, Merrick, you're going to stay back and you're going to, you know, scramble or claim or stay by the assaults of the satellite array. Satellite, Tomax, you're going to do the same thing on this side. And then everybody else is like the threatening pieces that are there to do damage from the first engagement on. Um, I'll take Merrick, depending on what I like against what Arc 170s. I'll say, I'm going to throw you against something that I absolutely need to kill. So I'll like five straight, just throw him at somebody, get into range one, like, you know, Jag or something and take a lock and then have four ships shooting at Jag so that by the time it's Merrick's turn, he's the Grim Reaper. He's like, you're, 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 you're dead. And at that point, yeah, Merrick took a lock. It doesn't have a focus, but he initiative kills one ship. He probably only gets shot at one or two more times, and he almost never dies in that case. And I've already gotten enough value out of him. So with, with I don't need a coordinator 
The other thing with JJ's list that I don't like is that, uh, unfortunately, in this game right now, unless you're Rebels, low initiative is just very problematic. Um, Vizier and Lurir are, you know, they 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 have great opportunity value in a game, but Lurir is kind of there to just kind of be a nuisance and kind of try to be in the way, but can get initiative killed because he's in, he's I three with three hole and Vizier. I could I could put my whole list into Vizier and one round him easily, and I'd get a, almost a free four points. So it's and they're not great at objective play. Lurir and Vizier can't really play the objective very well. Like I guess Vizier could if it's like scramble maybe, um, uh, but it's just the way the game is right now with lower initiative. Scramble is terrible for low initiative pilots. Uh, assault is good for medium base, I guess. Chance is fine because they're cheap, but. Salvage, no way. <laughs> Neither of okay. them. Right. Reaper and I gotta, I, I gotta dis hard disagree with you at salvage. I think actually they're the best at salvage, mainly because their their um, their FAQ allows them to still boost while carrying a crate. Sure, that's cute for sure. And the boost with a three bank or three straight is gives them a whole lot of distance. It's you have to dedicate a lot of time to go chase that reaper if you do want to knock out that crate for it. Yes, it is a one but agility. It's, but yeah, this is one agility, right? Like it's not that hard. Yeah. But I think there's still crits. Every you know <laughs> there is still a lot of value. And and again, it's it's definitely a player preference, you know. Um you know, for me, I, I do play objectives quite a bit, you know, I especially, you know, once you get that initial joust um, complete, um, the objective game is the end game for the for the match um, for me. So I, I do play objectives quite a bit. And I got to say, you know, that value of having that that in um, that Reaper, um, the Reaper initial boost for ailerons to coordinate somebody and then get in the way to set up a jam um, or set up a tracker against an intended target is really really strong i i i found that to work out very very well um against a lot of um a lot of different variety of lists and i gotta say i mean i i too you know if he if he happens to get up a shot it's a bonus but the important thing for me is to prevent my opponent from being able to use their ordinance by jamming them um sure people can counter that but not many people can take care of a double jam um and a double uh, the other double part jam? It. Where's the double jam from? So if you set yourself up right, um, you can um you can ignore, you know, not coordinate with the with the ailerons, set yourself up within range either in bullseye or at range one of an opponent, jam them. If they bump you and decide to take a red focus, then you can use seven sister in that oh, list sure. to jam yeah. them again. So it's it, you know, it's it's a potential double jam in that point. And I've been able to use that very successfully in, in my list here. Again, it's not for everybody. I'm not gonna say this is the be all end all. Um, but there is uh, a value for that particular set of um, of actions that you can get off with that particular list. And if I can use that piece to allow the rest of my list to get very good shots into an unmodded opponent um, or a tractor opponent even more so, that feels a lot better um, to, to potentially knock out that problematic piece out of the game. Man, it's tough. I just don't I don't really believe in the Reaper um, these days and people don't seem to be in terms of how often they're getting played right now. They're still cheap. I, li I like the Reaper, but I don't really believe in using Reapers it. Reapers are in the most played Empire lists, period. 
Yeah, but okay. <laughs> Show me how they're doing. How are they doing? They have a positive win rate. <laughs> you guys like one game. <laughs> Barely, but it's positive. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, Dick. I will fly a Reaper for Nova. And man. Yeah, do it, dude. I, dude, I'm rooting for you. I want the Reaper to be good. I just <laughs> I just think there's a lot of things that will shut it down. Um, I mean, how so, would you think? How would you? Sorry, Tanner, real quick. JJ, against my list, the, your mm-hmm. list, how, how do you feel about your odds with your list going against my list? Um, I'd say it's pretty even, honestly. Um, it, it all comes down to number one, what objective or what scenario we're playing, number one, because mm-hmm. that's a big deal. Um, the other part of it too is you know how we fly, right? You know, it, it depending on how you set up your list, um, depending on how obstacles are placed, you know, that would give me a better idea how I can angle my initial attack and uh set myself up to um to try to overcome the difference in our initiatives with objectives. And I'm going to try to get in the way as much as I can, um, especially you know with Marek um you know your Marek would be probably the the one ship I would consider um actively targeting first to get it out of the way mm-hmm. um and then just deal with Vader later on um because I can cripple Marek uh with a single bump and um and then the rest of my list can jump in and take them out um and that'll be one less i5 and sure you have the two um the two boy uh, TIE fighters that can pump out reliable damage as well. Um, but they're also very susceptible to crits, which is why I want to keep my Merrick alive as long as possible. To, yeah, to to dig out those crits on those boys um, so that way I can cripple their ability. Yeah. If I could get one of them to be a um, uh, either a weapons failure or a... You blind um, uh, the other Merrick with a Merrick. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I'm talking about the boys. I, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. that I've already taken out his Mary, but if I can, if I can later on, you know, blind or panic one of your other guys and kind of, you know, reduce their effectiveness, sustain together, and make them into two die guns, um, then I have a better chance at that point uh, of uh, of winning that match. If we're going straight for kills, if it's going for objective play, then they might have to split up a little bit uh, to deal with that. But you know, it, it just depends, really. So, I smell. I smell, I smell a, a a match coming on. That's what I yeah, smell. Right. Yeah, right. And, and and Nick, so I'm going to give you a little advice. Wager something, because JJ already has to wear a lion's outfit for the rest of the year because his Giants lost. So let's let's do something even crazier and make him have to wear something gotta, else. It's got to be in person and stream, JJ. We got to do it. In- <laughs> Heck yeah, man! I don't trust TTS anymore, man. I I quit playing that for a reason. I can respect that. <laughs> I, I have way more success playing in person. It's ridiculous. You want me to wear like a Cubs jersey? What? <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say we should do it. We should do a friendly match, maybe even on TCS. But it'd be fun to get a real life game in with those lists. That'd be fun. Heck yeah, man. Yeah. So I smell a bet. So GT, so let, let's 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 flesh out this bet. I don't know. Maybe it'll be on next stream. I'll come over. I'll commentate on next stream while the two of you go at it, and then you can like jump in and out and yell at each other on stream. It'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's yeah jj and i have a record of playing well not you know playing some interesting games so. heck yeah man i'll never forget the boba versus luke <laughs> i'll never forget that game ever oh, yeah <laughs> that was the best game <laughs> wasn't that on the nickel city uh yeah that was, that was on, on nickel city, city like intro for With r5 people people hating on r5 uh astromech on luke. <laughs> yeah. i'm like watch this just save me the game it really did, man. <laughs> it literally did. 
Oh, man. Oh, you're killing me. All right, so goal. So, so there we go. So we've defined the definitive Vader is SSP Vader, that JJ's list has to compete against Nick to prove its supremacy. Or, or JJ, the other option is you can win a sword champ and make top four at a regional. Okay. Otherwise, you just got to play it's in person. Easy, and, it's so easy to do. And we'll see. <laughs> yeah. No problem. You just gotta play. Yeah. You gotta, you, otherwise, you got to play his list, and we'll see which one's better. <laughs> okay, fair. Yeah. And no rage quitting by either of you. <laughs> That's yeah. the one rule. No rage quitting. Yo, I mean, I was actively rooting for my XCC loss, you know, after midway through that game. So, I mean, I'm, I'm okay. I don't rage quit. Ugh, man. <laughs> All right, well, we will not be talking about that. <laughs> Let's move over and talk some turn zero placement for our Academy 101 segment. So welcome to our Academy 101 segment where we will be talking about turn zero. Hopefully everybody on this stream is in the turn zero because JJ has a little bit of information that he wants to help everyone out. And we thought since we had Nick on and Nick's won so much stuff lately, it would be even more beneficial to actually have a conversation around turn zero placement and all of that fun stuff. As long as my stupid cam link wants to work. Yeah. So um, this is a discussion that that's been going around for quite some time. And uh, shout out to Viper Squadron Crispy uh, doing a video on their uh, their take on turn zero replacement. But I think we I wanted to do something like of a deep dive into this um, to to kind of go over it, uh, to help out newer players that are going into the game to that want to learn a little more about strategy, about setting up correctly for the list and to to kind of give them a little bit of a guide for that. Uh, so uh, the first thing I want want to talk about is the list building part right um a lot of people um you know they make their builds for whatever faction they want and then they just choose three random obstacles to go from there and i think that sometimes you you sometimes either can cripple or enhance your list depending on the objectives that are sorry depending on the obstacles that you choose for your list um there are certain pilots that will prefer certain obstacles um if they can uh, if they have any type of uh, pilot abilities or crew abilities that allow them to ignore certain uh restrictions or certain um uh negative effects of obstacles and um and meanwhile your opponent cannot do that um so making sure those are incorporated as part of your um as part of your list can be very very important um for instance like uh if you have a list that has a lot of repositioning aces uh choosing large obstacles can help provide cover for those aces if they need to disengage um or it can help create choke points where your opponent can easily follow through um or where you can create kill boxes uh for um for your list to go in and take out certain uh certain chips on your opponent's side uh, you can uh, choose debris clouds for ships that can mitigate stress. Uh, for instance, on the resistance, you have, um, oh my goodness, her, her, 
Corsella, thank you. <laughs> Corsella, uh, which if you're not familiar with Corsella, uh, it's a crew for the resistance that after you perform a blue maneuver, you can uh, get rid of, uh, or I'm sorry, after you fully execute a blue maneuver, you can uh, fully like discard all your stress. Uh, so in the in an emergency where you absolutely need to get out of a jam, uh, going through the debris cloud absolutely helps you to um, get rid of all the stress and you can still perform an action, assuming that you clear that up obstacle completely uh gas clouds uh, to help you break locks again if you have um for instance on scum if you have a uh, kira uh, crew that allows you to ignore different obstacles while you have that obstacle locked uh putting your ship on a gas cloud that has a lock while you have kira clue uh, crew uh allows you to basically be unlockable you cannot uh, be locked or uh while your ship is on that because your opponent can ignore that obstacle or uh without you know having something like Kira Crew, but you absolutely can. Um, so it provides a little bit of defense. You can further um just don't exploit get jammed that. or ionized when you have exactly <laughs> don't get ionized, but uh you can further uh take advantage of that with like trick shot for instance, you know, especially if you're uh if you have a little bit of space between uh, your base and the obstacle in front of you and your opponent um just being able to get that extra die out uh definitely helps out uh with your offensive potential as well. Um and then um and then adjusting the size of the obstacles as well for like medium large bases. size objectives or obstacles rather um having smaller ones gives you a little bit more uh space for those ships to move around and be able to be effective by covering a lot more area with their arcs if they're able to move um more openly in that well what are you guys thoughts on list building and selecting the right objectives or obstacles and you're gonna hate me but like i uh I agree with I, everything you said. I agree with. There's definitely a strategy. I don't tend to play lists where it matters as much. So I usually take like I like to bring like big rocks and debris to like plug up lanes or like cover areas or just make it more difficult for my opponent um, to fly around. Um, but yeah, I tend to. It just depends on what kind of list builder you are. I don't. I don't play a lot of medium large bases that want to fly over gas clouds. I know some people bring gas clouds because, you know, they're like, oh, no, I, only a crit will ionize me with a medium or large base. So they bring those. Like with the ARC 170 lists, they're really popular. I get it. Um, and there's also, you can break locks on them. Like there's a lot of cool effects that gas clouds do that are like kind of helpful. Um, but I usually just have been using the same three obstacles like every time I play. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I tend to bring the two um, debris clouds from the um, the newer pack, and then one of the large asteroids. Like that's that's my standard loadout for for yeah. most of the obstacles, unless I'm bringing something in particular, like um, the gas cloud thing. I definitely used a lot when I was running double fire sprays, um, just to help Iman not get locked. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's or if you're playing uh, CIS, you never bring a gas cloud, right? Because you always want to be able to you know latch onto one of right, those. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Also, um, talking about uh, like with like Han, I think some people get caught in the idea that they should bring tiny, small obstacles because of Han. But here's the here's the reality, guys. Han, it doesn't really matter that as much. Han will still get the reroll. It's about where you place your obstacles when it comes to pilots like Han. Having bigger ones actually can be more beneficial to you 
because of where you can put them to make them go different ways. Um, so I think I think turn this part of turn zero, zero, some people overthink it a little bit. It is very important, but like ultimately your games are decided by variance in your decisions. Not gosh, if I had brought that larger debris, it just that's just not how games <laughs> usually go. <laughs> or man, I could have used that gas cloud there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for... other things that contribute to a winner loss. Yeah, for me, oddly enough, the smaller obstacles have always been historically worse for me because for some reason I always guarantee that I land on one yeah, at right. least every yeah, single time. Piece. I always hit every single time. Yeah. And like, some yeah, mats, dude, they fine. blend in depending on what mat you use, dude. Yeah, well, that's like why I take the Mandalorian asteroids. They just blend in with all the blue mats. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys seen the crate map uh, that they have that's so busy that they were using during Crate Cup? That is like the worst map <laughs> because you can't see any obstacles on the board. Oh, there, there's one brutal. that I won in Ohio that is just a blue mat with a whole bunch of asteroids going in the middle, and they have the exact <laughs> colors of the Mandalorian. I know uh, exactly asteroid. which one you're talking about. Yep, yeah, I've seen that one. Uh, and then you just put it right by there. You just like never notice it. It's great. <laughs> so the uh, the next part, you know, speaking about you know just different you know um, scenarios depending on what ships you're you're bringing in. Let's talk about uh, placing obstacles for particular scenarios, right? So uh, let's take a look first at assault at the satellite array. Um, we know uh, historically large and medium bases do have an advantage uh, for assault on satellite array as they count as two ships rather than the small bases, which just count as one. So you typically um, see those ships excel more at those uh, at those scenarios just because of that advantage that they have on there. Do you guys tend to change your objective placement depending on like where the, the control points are to like help block off certain areas? I fly uh, a lot of large bases, so I try to put like an asteroid well, for like assault. I try to set it up that there's multiple points in which I could take two of them with one ship. And then I try to place a rock slightly askew that I can reach, but they won't be able to put directly in the middle where I need to go. Conversely, if you're going against medium and large base ships, you should put a rock directly between two objectives. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even there's uh, there there are times where you can place like, you know, three objectives within uh, within range of each other and you can set one ship and claim up to three. And anytime I see that as much as I want to leave it open, that's like an instant spot where I'm going to put an obstacle every time. Yeah, especially um, if you have to face off against Alex Liss, who where he just parks his ship there and then says, yeah, go ahead and block me. I'm going to get three points every turn. Ha ha ha. And like, <laughs> I just stop her as much as I want. It's fine. And I think like, and I think that's that's you know like when I set up with CIS, if I have a ship that lands on an obstacle, or two of them, I specifically go out of my way to try and place them where it's not the triangle piece because getting a triangle with a droid is insanely hard. Like it, you have to be so precise. But typically, you could get two ob objectives in one area, and I did have one game back in NCX days uh, where I did have that. I think that was two seasons ago, but I had one where I placed this up like two objectives and put two droids on and then was able to counter like people just like you come kill the droids because they're collecting three objectives a turn. Merry Christmas, you know, um, 
but that's a rarity. Like as long as you know play, playing wise what to do with it. If you you don't like if somebody's gonna put a rock in the middle of the three of them and they're gonna sit on it, you know just murder them, right? And if they're gonna leave that open space, then you know you know where somebody's gonna be. So I think like a lot of the the obstacle placement piece of that, like I don't care for gas clouds except for if I'm flying ships that don't care about locks. So if I fly Republic and I'm not getting a million locks, I'll take the the um, gas clouds because it could possibly help me. And like if a Jag gets, you know, ionized, what do I care if he one forwards and takes a focus? I yeah, I don't care as much yeah. about that. Well, I care because he's strained, and you can't use Born for this while you're strained. All right, all right. Well, whatever. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, super yeah, quick. Uh, it's okay. I just, I just saw what Mike said in the chat. I just want to set the record straight that uh, there's nothing wrong with TTS. I've played on TTS for a long time. We all play on Tabletop Simulator quite often. Um, I just have a ridiculously long string of confirmation bias that m makes me just not enjoy playing on Tabletop Simulator as much anymore. And I've had way more fun and success playing in real life, like the physical game. So I've just personally don't love TTS just because I've had a lot of bad luck playing it. But it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. That makes sense. All right. Yeah. I just didn't want it, it, people to think there's anything actually physically wrong with Tabletop Simulator. I heard <laughs> Tabletop Simulator hates everyone from the Midwest. If you watch my Draft League <laughs> games, you'll know why I don't like playing on yeah, Tabletop we, Simulator. We have an entire like uh, section uh, where it's just about whining about dice and Tabletop Simulator. And I think Crispy yeah. is like the number one poster. Number one person, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so the, the other piece I wanted to talk about for... For or for ob obstacles and objective placements for assault on the satellite array, I, I know we talked a little bit about you know placing objectives closer together where you can you know contest uh, to two objectives together. Have you guys uh, find yourselves doing that more often, or do you feel like you find yourself spreading out a lot more if you have a, a larger amount of ships? I think it depends. I think for me it depends on which one it is. Right. So if if we talk about scramble, yeah, I have uh, depending on their ship the the amount of ships they have in their list, I have started actually placing the objective farther away from the middle, in an effort to force them to keep one ship back farther to claim it. I don't know if that's the correct answer or not, but I do know that like I have started doing that a little bit. If they have a six ship list, I don't do that because because the, them losing a ship is not the end of the world. Yeah. But on a four well, ship list, it does make a difference. Like they can leave like for in Rebels, they could leave Sabine back there. But if I have five ships, I'm just taking one ship and sending it towards Sabine and that objective. Because if you're gonna be there, I'm just gonna go try to murder you. Um not that Well the I the can... other benefit of placing it further away from the center point is that later in the game they cannot turn around and reach it again. Um, some people like to keep everything like at scramble. Let's just use scramble as an example to keep everything exactly at range two of each other. Like, you know, your side, my side, like towards the middle. And that way people can just kind of toilet bowl and end up coming back to that same objective point and scrambling it again. When you distance everything, people have to be more tactical with where they're moving their ships. If they end up disengaging, then the point that they claim that was on their side in like the second round, you can claim and they have to do the same for your side and go all the way to the other side to get it. It kind of depends on how fast your ships are, too. Because if you have yeah. not terribly fast ships, you don't generally want to put it all the way in BFE. 
because he won't be able to reach there meaningfully and still engage. Yep. That's you actually guys... a great point. That's a great point is uh, it also influences engagements. Um, you know, salvage, I think, is a really good example because it's so hindering with what you cannot do once you take a crate and what you're worried about losing it when you take a crit. Like, depending on where they are, you can put a lot of pressure on your opponent. And scenario, that's the way I look at objectives is like, how can I pressure my opponent into playing making in a way a that works for me, making a decision that I can take advantage of? And with high initiative ships that were in my list, like with scramble, I'm like, great, you took it, but I, my Vader is going to take it right back. Guaranteed every turn, I am in a position to take it right back. Now, have you guys ever considered, at least for scramble, placing an objective all the way as far back into your jet, your opponent's side? I've done that before, but also mm -hmm. it really depends on how fast my ships are. If I have like an A-wing yeah. or like a silencer or something, that's no problem for me. But if I'm playing like my scum list, that's slow and that ain't going to the other half of the board i have to put it closer to everything else yeah typically i do it at like i i do it like range like two and a half from the center so it's like a little further back but not so far back that i have to commit and go super fast or and but it's also far enough back on their side that it is harder for them to get to reclaim or get back to if that makes sense yeah i feel like placing objectives the hard part is figuring out what your opponent's list does really well and trying to mess with that by placing your objectives because like if they don't have fast ships you can bury one of your uh like scramble objectives super close to your edge or like uh you know closer to your, your edge of the board or like an yeah. assault or something back there where they probably aren't going to reach it in time yeah, I think it's wrong to have a turn zero approach where you are assuming that your opponent is going to struggle with getting their side of the objectives. Just assume that they're going to be able to get one or two points, whether it be the the, the uh, salvage, whether it be scrambling their side. Like It's all about having more than them. That gets determined later in the game. Who has more crates, who has more scramble points, who is near more assault points, or who's in the center point, right? So it's yeah. bad to just like... You can't control what your opponent does, so stop acting like you can set up in a way that prohibits them from being able to do something that they can do. Like it, that's not what's going to decide your game. Is them taking the point that is rightfully on their side of the board that is very easy to claim. Like, you know, at least early in the game. Yeah, and I think you know, I think that's you bring up a good point, right? Like you, you have to understand the other side. And what they're going to spend their time doing you know like if you look at a list like nicks and you go well is he gonna is he going to leave one ship here or one ship there and it not matter nick just explained with that empire list that he can choose two objective getters if he wants to and it's typically the same ones <laughs> like i i don't know how often yeah. you're using vader as the objective getter unless everybody just leaves vader alone but he is there as an option, but but it's, mainly I could choose when I want to. It can be a last minute decision. It's a beautiful luxury to have with a list like that. Yeah. Be like, hey, you know what? I think I actually will take this crate with Vader. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. And in in my loss to D, that was the same thing. Like D picked up a crate with Vader, and in the long run, between killing T eighty one and Vader having that crate, because I couldn't knock the crate off of Vader no matter what I wanted to do. <laughs> you know, yeah. like when you roll three green dice and have three force and a focus. Right. Uh, it's very hard to, to, to take a crate off of Vader sometimes. And when you already spent your afterburners charges, what do you get? Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, you must have spent those afterburners. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
<laughs> um, so I don't know. I think if well, you even look with at the boys too, like I'm like, oh, I'd rather be able to boost, but you know what? No, I'm gonna make my opponent freak out that I have four crates right now. That's <laughs> what I did with Dun. I beat him twenty-one to twenty because of that. So just like it all matters. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I think now that's like part of the beauty of the objectives, right? You know, like I mean, we've talked about this a little bit last last episode. Is where I've I've I I really think the objectives change play style and make the game have another dimension it didn't have before um yeah it's and amazing I know there and was exhausting a... man it's amazing what? and exhausting like it's cool but it's so exhausting it is yeah, it, yeah i do, do agree with you now you know we, we stumbled on a little bit of uh, talking about salvage um do you guys find yourself placing these salvage tokens closer together or do you spread them out depending on like what you feel so when I do salvage, I pay a lot more attention to where the asteroids are because I want to try to funnel the people to a particular area in salvage that makes it very difficult for them to get over there or to escape with the asteroids. It's kind of like a dual prong thing. It's like I see where the choke points are and then I put the salvage crates over there because I have to force them to even consider picking it up if my ships are going real fast at them. And I just have like Bosk or whatever in the back grabbing a crate. But I'm not sure, you know, if that's the correct way. It's just for me, it's a lot more of, well, I want to make it very difficult for them to get over to this side of the board. And if they do, I could probably out joust them. <laughs> kind of I, thing. Would, I would just say keeping things spread apart where that, like the Arc 170, like there's so many archetypes right now that are popular that fly the, one way and only one way. So when you when you set them all far apart, let's just use the Arc 170s again as an example because they're just so good right now. Now they do have to think about okay, well, do I either just not worry about the salvage on the other side of the board and keep my formation the same, or do I split a couple up and widen them a little bit? And that ends up again, it's you're putting pressure on your opponent to break their formation to make decisions that end up hurting the, the quality of their engagements because maybe now their arc 170s are too far away for selfless or you know padme is is at range four and can't use her ability because she stayed back and grabbed a crate or whatever i would say keeping them spread out across the board like this instead of all on one side this is because we don't have tts i'm just doing this miming everything <laughs> is like that's it's important and even though, even if they do have an objective monkey like you know, like Sabine, right? You can't control that. Sabine was always going to be that that piece, anyways. But just make it so that Sabine is never shooting because she has to be all the way on the other side of the board. Like she's only two points, but she is one of five ships. Like take that, you know, take pieces of the equation out where you can, or influence it at least. Be an influencer, man. <laughs> yeah and if you think about it it's kind of the same way like if when we do salvage if i i have um cis i usually put one crate towards the back in the center and i do that on purpose because i'm going to probably pick that up with either the hmp or i'm going to pick it up with the two-point droid and force you to come get it but you're right it takes that it takes the the offensive piece out of it but putting it in the back center where i can get it and still unless you barrel roll or like not barrel roll that's a stupid when you, it's unless you come barreling in on me you're not going to take that that ship out even round two and i only need it for two rounds to collect two points to be worth its value 
Um, and if you're going to invest that time again, going into that, but that's the idea is like, if you put it in the back center and your objective monkey is going to pick that up, they're going to have to place the other one closer to the center of the board, which forces then either you pick it up for the engagement. And I think it then depends, depends on initiative, right? Like if I'm an I six and I'm a Sunfac and I can get a, you know, like a focus and tractor off on you, I'm probably not going to pick up that crate that churn but if we're not getting shots in and i'm a sunfac i'm going to pick that crate up and then i'm going to run past you and try to shoot you from the side one of the side shots and, and throw a tractor and a focus token at you because sunfac doesn't care about traditional it's stupid the nantex nantex is is a cool design but it's kind of dumb right like it's just kind of it's it's just a silly design uh, for scenarios obviously it's just very silly well i also but. think that it depends tanner on if that if you are going to be able to actually kill that ship or not like sure you have an opportunity to do a ton of damage but if you if there's no way that you feel like you can actually kill it anytime soon i think if you if the math supports it like let's say you have 14 or 15 points and the difference between two crates versus three is enough to mathematically close the door on your opponent even though you have this great haymaker shot take the crate like yep because then they can't win. They just cannot win. Um, yep. I have yeah. picked up a crate with with um, with with Sunny. I'm gonna call him Sunny just to pick that piss Zach off. Um, and Sunfac. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I don't give a shit. He's he's the he's the original Sunny. Fuck fuck the scum Sunny. <laughs> How long before the Sunfac one was out? Yeah, I true. Care. I was like, whoa. I know. I do it just to piss Zach off. Whoa. But anyway, <laughs> anyway. Now that we've got our, our rating for the, the, the night, um, but I've done that with Sunny before is where I've picked up a crate and tractor, you know, you know, tractored myself, you know, to be out of a shot on a last turn. And that crate made the difference for the game. You know, it's, it's a rare thing, but it does happen. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, going back to. Um to what Alex had mentioned earlier about, you know, creating choke points like in salvage and stuff. How often do you guys find when you place your obstacles that you're placing your obstacles to create choke points versus spreading them out? Like what's your, your philosophy on, on when you do either? Uh, with my scum list, I need choke points or I pretty much lose <laughs> because I have large bases not moving and i need a space parking lot around me and i need asteroids around me to protect me from people approaching at different vectors um also that's your best way of killing ships is to surround them in kill boxes because they had to go right. through an obstacle awkwardly well that's on them if they decide to do that yeah obstacles are about creating lanes to, in my head like that's the way my brain works so like what kind of like with media like the the with han and, and arc 170s and stuff um which i feel like i'm really like that's the only two lists that i'm thinking about play against because that's all <laughs> that you see these days uh it, it's just like if the only lane that they have like to keep the perfect formation is going down the side of the board then i think you've set up in a good way um and you know your opponent probably won't want to do that because you're not going to be jousting them you shouldn't be at least uh, so then they have to start trying to get creative with how they split each other up or keeping a formation. Maybe one of them opts to barrel roll to get out of the way, and then that means that they no longer have a mod for defense or for attacking. Like, yeah, they're definitely... I look at them as choke points. Um, and also, just like on my side, when I set them up on my side as cover, 
like I'm going to place one in front of this this scenario or this um, objective so that when like Merrick goes to scramble, even though he doesn't have any tokens, he's taking a range three obstructed shot. Like he has a better chance of not taking any damage. Like so choke points and cover are the two that I look at the most. I mean, too bad we didn't get free evades anymore, right? I mean, that was the thing. That was the only thing keeping Cody ships alive. <laughs> uh, the good old days, right? Free evades. Yeah, change cloud, the blank, evades. blank to an evade. Blank to yep. an evade. Yeah, that way only Cody took only one damage instead of two. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the last part of this, um, obviously, would be um, you know we place all of our objective points, we placed all of our uh, obstacles on the board. Now let's talk about placing ships on the board, and I think that this is probably one of the most important skills that a new player can can learn uh, when they're starting out um, is how do I place my ships, right? Um, so I, obviously there's a, there's a multitude of different lists out there um, that, that we see currently in the meta, and of course, you know, they'll vary differently in sizes, initiatives, and such, but uh, we want to kind of like talk about this as general as possible here. So let's talk about spacing and formation flying. Um, you know, let's say you have a list that has a lot of initiatives that line up um, and you want them to fly in a formation. Um, what do you guys normally do when you want to try flying formation? Like, how do you guys uh, tackle on the spacing? Um, do you guys have a particular trick that you guys use in terms of, like, allowing a certain amount of space in between ships? Um, how do you guys do it? Hmm. I don't fly things in formations. I almost exclusively do just a firing line where I have five ships evenly spaced out between the other parts of the board. Now, now I know you say that, but is it mainly because you have larger ships or is uh, or do you do that you're flying just small bases? No, I do it when I'm just flying small bases. But I do have the more maneuverable ships on the flank. So I could, depending on where my opponent sets up, I can either go fast with one side or collapse both in at a certain point while my slower ships are going up the center of the board or off the angle of wherever the, like, probably the correct uh, approach vector is. Uh, but I have flown ships in formations a little bit, like a loose formation, and generally I give them, uh, like, slightly larger than the the width of the template, like a, a one or two straight template. I go slightly larger because I have shaky hands occasionally. <laughs> so I don't want them to crash into each other. Yeah. How about I you, Nick? Oh, Sorry. Chuck it, Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to go, Tanner? No, go ahead. Uh, I like to be as non-committal as possible with, I spread things out and then I like to place, we talked about this on your show, I think the last time I was on. I like to place my ships right in front of obstacles and then be able to readjust with a barrel roll. Um, to, you know, not everybody's playing ships that can do that, but I play a lot of small bit, like smaller base, small base ships. So um, I typically like to spread things out and then be able to readjust if I see that somebody decided to go all in in one direction or I, I learn more information that I didn't have um, upon, you know, setup. So uh, also because being non-committal early on is an important way to keep your cards close to your chest. If you reveal exactly what you're trying to do early on, your opponent has a lot of time to be able to counter it. Um, so yeah, that's usually the way that I I set it up. I with scenarios, you have to be mindful of the fact that you it's kind of unacceptable to just ditch your own scenario unless both your opponent and you agree to honorable joust. <laughs> but like, you know, like if you have a crate on your side or your scramble point, or you're like you need to make sure that you you 
you claim those points because you will not have a good chance to claim it again in most games later on. Like, take the crate because it's going to be impossible. You'll never go back to get it again. Your opponent will be able to grab it, not you. So you got to try to try to do that. Scramble the point to force your opponent to go over there to take it back. Also, because you have to scramble the point that's on your side, you need to score those points. And uh, just don't have everybody, don't leave anything out to dry. That's usually why a lot of people lose, new, newer players. They're like, I'll have my Luke be, you know, like 30 parsecs away from the rest of my squad. <laughs> and then he gets, you know, shot at three times and dies. And it's like, man, this game went badly for me. And it's like, well, yeah, you, you there was nothing protecting your one of your more valuable ships. So it's about protecting your list as well as is playing, you know, to be non-committal and to play the scenario as well. Yeah. Chris, what about you, man? Do you play a lot of separatists uh, with droids? How do you handle the the um, the placing issue? Like when when you're trying to space your ships out? Well, I think it depends. A lot of it depends typically on the scenario, right? And what my opponent is flying. I have there's I have I have a method that I would say is an approved method, and then I have a method that Tanner likes to just fly. Um, I also like the flanking pieces that go on opposite sides of the board and force you to choose who you're going to shoot at or go after. So, like, I have a Grievous and I have a T-81. Both of them are I-4s. Typically, they're not super great into an I-5 and I-6 meta, except for it's Grievous, right, and it's T-81. And if you place your forces to come after T-81, I'm going to tank him and toil around the edge of the board, just like Nick said, and just sit, kind of sit there. Because T81 can kind of sit in the back. He's not going to take a crate ever. Almost ever, I guess. Almost ever. <laughs> um, because he doesn't want to not be able to boost or barrel roll. Uh, whereas Grievous, on the other hand, doesn't care as much about that piece of it. Like, Grievous would love to boost or barrel roll, but he doesn't have to do that. It's not like a requirement to keep that ship alive because he's got seven to eight health, you know, no matter what. And he gets rid of crits mysteriously so like we don't know how he does it but somehow grievous just like kind of <laughs> toss them out um but in terms of formation flying if i do want to set up like a few ships in a block i've gone away from like a seven or eight ship block that i used to fly because we don't do that anymore and i've gone so let's just say a, a two to three ship i typically will take that one um you know the, the the one straight maneuver and i will place it between my ships as a base length and if i'm going to do some sort of an angle. So if I put them in the corner because I'm going to angle them in, I will actually take it and put that one in between and then give them space on each side of it so that that way I can angle in as a group because I have <clears throat> more than one time uh, bumped droid ships. Um, more than one time. Definitely. So um, that that is that's typically how that would go in terms of how, like, if you want that physical piece for the setup. But in terms of actually flying that, I'm... I The philosophy I would agree with, Nick, is you toil around that side of the board. Um, if you've ever played me before, it's a 50-50 toss-up. I'm either going to five straight boost and try to shoot you and then worry about my turnaround round two or three. Um, or I'm going to five straight boost and then place myself so that I can, like, one or two bank and get the objective next turn and block you. I'm going to do one of those two things. That's like the Tanner. Like I fly really fast sometimes. And I know I shouldn't um, because I've lost games where people are like, yeah, we just knew you're going to five straight boosts. And like, ah, fuck. You know? Well, yeah. Um, 
Well, sometimes I'll place the boys next to each other and then I'll dial in like a two straight and people are like, what? <laughs> yep. like, yeah. And I'll do it again. I'll do straight again. I don't, it's fine. <laughs> How dare you go slow? Well, because yeah. they'll go so fast to try to block me. And if like, if I do a two straight and I do a two straight again, there's no way they could block me. Yeah, they're not, they're not yet. Yeah. Well, you, you haven't had a um, Sunfec and a, a T81 thrown at you. Or, but, okay, in those cases, Tanner, I'll barrel roll all the way back so the angle's <laughs> off, and then I can bank in, and there's still no way you can block me. It's, there you go, there you go. The better the better move is, Nick, is the fact that if I do block you, it's inconsequential because you're just going to keep moving your boys around the board, or you're going to 4K and boost in with afterburners and shoot yeah. me, so it's not going to matter. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yep. But in all seriousness, in that aspect of of it is, if your goal is to block them and start claiming those objectives, like if it, if they're a fast maneuverable ship, blocking them does not much good. But I won't lie and tell you that I've taken T eighty one and literally like set them up in formation and moved the rest of the formation towards the center of the board and left T eighty one by himself to just fly and try to block you and like toil around. I have tied up. Um, somebody's dirge more than one time with T81 and then he just doesn't die and then people get angry because they can't kill T81 and it's like well I can't kill dirge you can't kill T81 yeah. like are you not going to collect objectives oh nope I'm going to okay there you go you know um, so I think that's that's for formation flying in CIS that's kind of the approach for it nice. if we got away from objectives um, we would just go back to flying in a block again I would have two blocks because that's what I used to do. I used to put two blocks on the side and put Watt in the center. Well, also I love me keep, some Watt. keep in mind that road matters so much for, for placing your ships and how you move them too. I mean, especially placing like you place where you think if you have no information, if you're playing the meta right now where there's mostly I-4s and up and you have to place first, you're kind of just taking you're, you got to be conservative and place them in places where you can cover your back or cover your flank. But if you have all that information, then you can be like, cool, I'm going to put everything right here to threaten this piece. I'm going to put these here, got a five straight boost or whatever. It's plays such a huge factor. Like, so sometimes people take too big of a risk if they're the first player when setting up their ships um, because they, they forget that their opponent gets to decide where they put theirs. So um, that's definitely a point I wanted to talk about. Like, how much do you think that, um, like, let's say you had a list that that was mainly like initiative force or lower. Um, how how does how much that does your philosophy of where you place your ships or space them? Mm -hmm. um, how much does that affect you guys? Like when you're trying to to like predict where you think your your opponent is going to go? Do you try to spread them out as, as much as you can, or do you congregate them towards the center um, so that we can react better? What do you think is a better approach for a newer player? Oh, so I might be literally the person who won the star champ with the least amount of initiative <laughs> because I think he averaged out my list as a 3.8 initiative across the board. Uh, so I almost always set up before my opponent. So uh, again, large base middle, another large base next to it. So you can't get behind it. Firing line and then figure it out from there. If you have low initiative, that's kind of what you have to do. If you set up uh, all your ships on one side of the board, uh, if you don't have a better jousting list than your opponent, they just set up on the other side of the board. And it's kind of a wash. Yeah. So, But if you have a lot of low initiative, you kind of have to keep more towards the center, see where they are. But in 75% of the time, you, you're playing a scenario where it would be very asinine to place everything on one corner of the board. Right. 
because your opponent's just going to play the objective. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, you decided not to, and you lost immediately. Like, so you, you do kind of have to spread out if you have lower initiative. Like, I, you, you can't just set up in one corner. Yeah, definitely. But if I have, like, same initiative stuff, like if I'm playing, like, a Republic list, and I have, like, Obi-Wan and stuff, um, I have the luxury of seeing where at least some of their ships are going. So that way you can, like, well, my low initiative ship is over here on this side of the board, and all my high initiative stuff's going over here because that will be flanking them. So I'm going to turn that lower initiative closer to where my high initiative stuff is and work it out from there. I'm not a very, uh, I go in with one strategy kind of thing. I just YOLO everything and, you know, see how it works out. All right. It's a good strategy, Alex. Just YOLO everything. <laughs> uh, very comprehensive. We got four brains putting our, our brains together here. Talk strategy. I just YOLO it. I mean, Alex, no, no, no. Hold on. That's a misrepresentation. Alex says, give me a beer and then let me YOLO it. Yeah. And by round three, it's if I haven't had four beers, I'm definitely not winning. <laughs> the amount of alcohol consumption is equal to the amount of wins. So, yes. I will, I will, I will tell you, you all laugh at this. Like, and, and it is, it's funny. You, it, it's funny. I've watched this happen at, at a, when we went to, what was the name Worlds. of that? Um, no, not, well, no, I watched you all tank at Worlds, but no, um, what was the fucking, uh, thing we went to in December? I don't remember. It was a team tournament in Ohio. We all oh, Rust to. Cup. Yes. Rust Cup. There you go. I literally have watched them consume alcohol and play better. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't know what it is. Like yeah, I don't usually me. have that. Uh-uh. Oh, not Cody me. has to be hungover or drunk in order to do well. You see, dude, I guys, my top 4 game, I had to ask for another 10 minutes because we had mark we were marking so much and taking so long to mark things. Like it was like all over 10 minutes of my game was dedicated to the judges marking things to move like Sabine like an eighth of an inch forward. Like for worlds, my breakfast was some dry oatmeal. Doing that when you're drunk? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Cody chugged well, he tried to shotgun a hop slam <laughs> before worlds, and he did it. Or it was as Adepticon, but it wasn't worlds at the time. Uh, so we yeah, we just go in, uh, we just drink a lot, and uh we just figure Jesus. it out as we go. Oh my god, that's, dude. There's too do. many tokens, too many ships, too much marking. Like I told Zach Barty beat me top four. I'm like, dude, Zach, honestly, I'm okay. You beat me here, my guy, because you will have to be continue to do this and I will get to take a break. You have to keep <laughs> marking everything. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap turn zero up. What is anybody's last thoughts before we conclude turn zero and move into a few store champs that I have? Um, just final thoughts. You know, I think that if you're a newer player who's uh, who's looking to get into um, the more competitive set of X-Wing um, with tournaments and store champs season in full swing, um, definitely practicing your turn zero placements is a very, very big tool for you to, um, to help you properly set up your game plan for the rest of the match um i know that early on when you're when you're learning the game you're not thinking so much about that portion of the game you're more concerned about learning what your pilots are doing but once you start getting quite a few reps in um usually by the time you start getting to about your 
I would say your 10th rep, that's when you really want to start streamlining your openings, um, your turn zero placement to help maximize the effect for your list. And that should give you a, a very good chance to succeed in your matches. And who knows, you might be a new player and you take your, your local store championship and we'll see you at Worlds. It'd be great. All right. Well, cool. Anybody else have anything on turn zero before we move into our pattern analyzer segment? Just yellow everything. Nope. Perfect. Sorry. <laughs> nope. Stop. I'm, I'm cutting that out of this. You're not getting that. This one. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to our next segment, the pattern analyzer segment, where we go through some of the store champs that happened this weekend. All right, for our pattern analyzer segment, and I don't know why my video is not showing up, but that's okay. You don't need to see my ugly face. You can see everybody else's pretty faces and Nick's cat. Um, and cats are the best. <laughs> but um, the first store champ we want to cover is Adventure Games in Wisconsin. And I'm going to let Alex take the first list because he's going to make it up on, his, on the fly because, like, <laughs> for some reason it shows that he ran a... 5t70 list in resistance but the list does not show up it, it's just it's not there i don't know why i can't find it in ttf or in uh roll better it's just a non-existent list so alex if you had to run a five ship resistance t70 list what would you run so if they go by statistically the most popular 5t70 list it would be elo snap jess nimi and uh not Kaiser Nolly, the other one. Hello. No, yeah, it's Hello, Jess, Jess, Nimi, and um Temin. That's he said snap. snap already. Oh, sorry, yeah. Oh, um, said, it's, yeah. it's either Venisa Doza or uh Kaiser Nolly. Yeah. Sometimes Kari, but not as popular. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, so Thank it's you. one of those combinations of ships. Uh one of those I mean, they're all you choose the 4.1, so you're not getting like Nyan Nub, you're not getting Bastion, you're not getting um, not Joff C Striker, the other one, the one that gets evades for some reason. Um, so yeah, they're all those popular ones. I'm assure you it's LO, I assure you it's Snap. Yeah, almost no reason not to take them. Yeah, so I don't know. I apologize. I, I didn't want to include this one, but I kind of felt like we probably should have that conversation because it is a five T 70 list that did win. Um, yep. And we have in the past, I won't lie and say I have in the past um, shit on five T seventies in as a list that is nothing but a gatekeeper, but I do think it does decently well in store champs. Um, I just don't think it has the longevity of a, you know, eight round tournament list personally they just want to bring Nimi instead of Kaz for some reason <laughs> I never understood I why they're bringing five the, and not the, like the, the biggest the biggest issue with the the 5c 70 list I mean there's two is one is that you can break them apart where they're just not getting shots on the right targets the second thing is that you can initiative kill more than half the list yeah exactly it's just I don't know so I, I like I said I think it's a it's a valid I don't want to dismiss the list because it has won at least five store champs i believe now nice 
Um, but I don't. Yeah. I, again, I think Star Champ. We had this discussion before. Store champs are different than regional tournaments, which is different than worlds, right? And I think that's the largest piece of this discussion point. When we do this pattern analyzer, is you got to look at what the other competition is, right? You know, what did he defeat? What did it goes on with it? In a niche environment, I think five T seventies are de are decent enough to win. I just don't think they can. I don't think they can stand the test of time. I don't know. T you know who loves T-70s? Han. Han loves T-70s. I will tell you that. Han just loves to eat them for breakfast. So I was going to say, T-70s are actually, especially with HLC, I think are actually a decent counter to Han um, if you get enough shots on them. They're really but. good against arcs right now, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And hence, yeah, if you look at what the next list that we have up for the segment we have a Republic list. Who wants to run through a sinker Republic list? I'll take a look at it. So this one here, we got Anakin Skywalker, the Siege Coruscant version that comes with Malice, the Ancillary Ion Weapons, R2-D2, uh, the Siege Coruscant Oddball with Selfless Veteran Tail Gunner, R4P Astromech, that's the uh, Siege Coruscant Arc-170 version, uh, Contrail, uh, Custom Contrail with R4 Astromech, uh, Sync Console, Alpha Besh with Cluster Mines, uh, Padme with Daredevil, Fire Control System, Advanced Proton Torpedoes, and R4, and Sinker in the Arc-170 with Marksmanship, Ayla Sakura Crew, R4P Astromech uh, to round off the list. Definitely really interesting to bring Sinker here. Um, if you're not familiar with Sinker, Sinker uh, provides rerolls for uh, the the friendlies that are in the side arcs of Sinker. So if you happen to run them in a nice like sweeping formation, uh, Sinker is going to provide all those rerolls to everybody in the side arc there uh, it, within it is range, range two. one to two. It yeah, range one and two. Yeah. Uh, so um, so it does definitely help out a lot, especially if you're running it with like Oddball, uh, which Oddball is going to be like pretty much right next to Sinker all the time. Um, and as well as Padme, if Padme happens to be in that side arc there, um, it definitely helps out with those shots there. There was a list that made into like essentially day two of Gen Con that had Sinker in it. And that Sinker had Kit Fisto. Mm -hmm which was very clever because you could spend the force to force oddball to do a red evade action, which in turn gave him a target lock, which was super cool. Yeah. All right. I did. We missed that when we did Gen Con coverage, didn't we? Yes. I did not know that. Yes. But this one has Ayla, which is a focus link, uh, purple coordinate. Yeah. Still very cool. good. Yeah. I mean, it gives you the double mods for Padme easy, but also then you put advanced proton torpedoes on Padme. So I don't know what, uh, what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're going at range one, baby. That's yeah. what you're doing, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I I think that... I don't know. Anyway, let's move, let's move on to the next one. The next one is Dragon's Lair, and shout out to... Uh, we had a, we have a, a, a friend of the podcast that ran in this. He didn't make Top Cut this time. Right, JJ? But he no. does, he is a friend of the podcast, and he decided he was going to run something uh, different for this store tournament. So it looks like the winner, and I don't know, I don't. I guess I don't know if I gave the link to Nick or not. Um, but Nick, do you want to cover the winner since it's uh, your favorite uh, trader faction? For for the Dragon Slayer one? Yes. Am I, the, am I looking at the right one? Yes. The winner, the winner is a first order list. 
No. I'm looking no, at it's an Empire list. Hang on, it's I'll send it to you in a second. Okay, the link. I, I clicked the Dragon's Lair link, and I think I might be. Yeah, go ahead and send it to me. Sure, I'll cover it. Thanks. Yeah, so so I don't know what it is about the way Roll Better does it is they don't always give the faction seed for it. I think that's the problem. So. Gotcha. Yeah, let me find it. So uh, while uh, we get uh, Nick up there, so I'll actually look at the um, the Republic list. Oh, I got it. I, I found it. You got Sorry. it? Okay. Awesome. I got but, it. Sorry. I scrolled past yeah. it for a second. Uh, yeah. Right. I, okay. I, I do remember seeing this. Um, yeah. So this is a, a list that features generics, which first off is just like unheard of. Um, it's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven ship list. Five Black Squadron Aces and the TIE Fighters. I believe the Black Squadron Aces are there. The... Uh, Initiative twos, three. They're the three. They're the I three. Two. Got it. Uh, and with Tomax with the usual, which is the Sat Salvo Barrage and Bomblets, and then Rack Rear Admiral Chirnu. So this is just a lot of stuff being thrown at you. Is Rack is with Ruthless Vader, Death Troopers, Agile Gunner, Baffle, and Dauntless. He's basically spending force to deal damage to you or make you throw away tokens you desperately need. Ruthless to guarantee he gets all the damage that he wants going through. Uh, and then you have yeah, you have a bomber that can just alley-oop, uh, you know, free hit barrage rockets and make you re-roll your defense dice. And then how about five type? It's a lot of area denial in that. Um, yeah, that's probably, that's the, the only way it, it wins is because it you if you just put them in the right place, it's all about, talk about turn zero importance setup and, and, and uh, where you're putting obstacles. It's, uh, you know, the Black Squadrons are great objective fodder and then you have so many bodies and the large base that you can, assault is just such a pain to play against this list that feels unwinnable almost um yeah yeah i think it's i don't know it's it's different right like this is a different list we haven't they use darth vader and death troopers so like they have given all of rack's points to specifically saying hey come here and don't leave <laughs> like like come here and don't take any actions that's 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 what we're telling you you want to stress don't then, then, we're, then, then don't leave. Yeah, heaven forbid um, you take the stress because you're not getting rid of the death trooper and invaders just going to pump free damage to you every yep. turn. Man, if you found a way to kill Rack, though, this list is just so bad. <laughs> 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 if, like, you found a way to, like, jam them and sink some crits in there and just disable them or get them off the board, like, yeah, this list is not... Yeah, you know what this it. list is really susceptible to? Those stupid whispers. I guarantee there was not a lot of whispers ran in that tournament. Because whispers will just yeah. go Mag boom. Pulp, oh, here you uh, go, Magpulse. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Mallor's Magpulse. Yeah, that that would give Rack a bad day. Yep. Yeah. The fact that you just need to roll a single hit, like you're just like, oh, there it is. <laughs> like you're jammed. <laughs> zero agility. You get shot by Magpulse and zero agility. You're just like, I, 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 I literally just start grabbing the tokens while my opponent's rolling dice because it's like it's. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I failed to hit a rack with a plasma torp, and I had one hit on it. Wow! It was just constructed. Yep. <laughs> Jesus. Well, don't do that, kids at home. <laughs> what should have been four damage was now none. <laughs> we just we just call that Alex luck. That's what we call that. Like oh, yeah, sometimes baby. Alex is the beer. Sometimes Alex doesn't drink beer. Sometimes it's the beer, <laughs> and it's because he hasn't had enough beer. To make his tournament enough of a uh, of an alcoholic challenge to actually. Yeah, but then win. if I'm actively drinking, then I don't set up my ships right because my beer cans in the way. I did that at Worlds. 
All right. So the next list, I also thought this list was pretty unique. Alex, what do we see that's different in this list that we have not actually seen um, kind of make top points inside of a tournament? You actually kind of have two things here. One, you have CLT Audigalia with Chopper and Debris, which is a combo that you see uh, semi-frequently. Um, you know, you Chopper, if you're near a rock, it becomes white, and you still get your actions. So it's it's cute. You have SOC Oddball. You have Contrail with Marksmanship, Proton Bombs, Precision Ion Engines, and R4P. Uh, then you have Hawk <laughs> in the lat. Six-point lat, baby. With Seven Fleet, Agile, C-3PO, Corky, and then Slider with Dedicated. And uh, that's... The list can hit uh, Seven Fleet and Audigalia is actually hilarious. Um, just to roll a lot of dice with mods, and that's a pretty defensive hawk with C-3PO. But you could also pass out green tokens with Corky, so it's cool. Uh, the contrail's wonky, but, uh, you know, it worked out, I guess. Fair enough. All right, the next one we have is Huzzah! Hobbies. <laughs> This one, Duncan Howard. I don't even know. JJ, why the hell did you not go to this one? Is my question. Um, uh, I thought Duncan I, was going to be there. Well, because <laughs> I was also sick with COVID, and this is like a five-hour drive for me. But yeah. <laughs> but you weren't sick yesterday with COVID, were you? No, but I had fam here, so yeah. All right. Well, Duncan Dude, Howard has... Five hours restored shampoo. Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> well, JJ needs it. He has to get it before I get mine, so... You Otherwise, he has to wear JJ. lion's gear for like two years. He has to wear lion's gear for two years if I get mine before him. So, it's no shame with an Indomitian Sioux jersey. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no Tanner winning a five-person store champ will not count. <laughs> I know. I haven't been to one of those yet, but I mean, technically, we could just not- hold a one-person store champ, and then I mean, like. Do you just automatically <laughs> win that? No, like, is that how that works? Supposed to have. All right, I probably shouldn't say that in case AMG does ever watch our stream. Like, yeah, that is not true. AMG right now. Stop. Yeah, right. We don't actually advocate any of those things. We would not do that. Two-person store champ, though. Let me tell you. <sighs> no, that's an Alex. And that's how <laughs> Alex got his invite. You um, Salvo. Final Salvo for like a world. Might... You're trying to derail me. Um, I'm not that stoned yet. So, moving on. Duncan Howard has won with CIS, and it is, I think, the exact same one he ran at the other one that he came in second in. I think yeah, uh, over sure. an Atomic Empire. Yeah, he ran yeah. this list. Yep. Pretty sure Nate so, May also ran something very similar to this at uh, our store champ at Eternal. Yes, this one is Django with Notorious, Count Dooku, and Contraband. Avoiding the double tap with Django, Zam with Crackshot, Savage Opress, Thermal Detonators, Contraband, and the Slave One title. And Dirge with Lone Wolf, Proton Cannons, Contraband, and the Xanablue Dud title, which just allows him to cloak, which I'm sure he probably never used, maybe other than once. I don't know. He's a big fan of cloaking, so I mean, I'm sure he, he definitely did that, at least in the initial turn. Maybe. Maybe. So um pretty cool list. Um pretty awesome list. 
the second list I wanted to cover out of this tournament is another CIS list, and I know you're all going to be shocked. like, oh my god, why did Tanner pick this CIS list? But it was the most unique list out of all the other top lists. Um, oh, there they are. <laughs> and this has four four you specific style ships. Who, who wants this list? Who Who wants this crazy list? Oh, I'll take it. Four rogue classes, baby. You got Dirge with Marksmanship, Proton Cannons, the title, and Bombs, the very crit-heavy Dirge. You got Cad Bane with HLC, Ion Cannon, and Baffle. You got two Magna Guard Protectors with the Synced Laser Cannons, Discords, and Independent Calcs, which is my preferred way of loading them out. And then you got Funny Reroll Man. And that's that's a list people brought. I don't. Who do you put the protector on? <laughs> that list. Do, do I don't know. Dirge. Just, just to really mess with people. Yeah, I, he really. <laughs> you put it on C eighty one. Hate dirge. <laughs> you, you put it on C eighty one so that we has even more dice to reroll. <laughs> I would assume you put it on T eighty one. So when he's strained, he's still rolling three dice. But, but T eighty one has to be in the arc of the ships that have the other arc plate the, the protectors. The Magna guards have to be in the arc of the ship shooting. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like it doesn't work. That, not with that. It's Cad Bane. It's Cad Bane. That's who it is. Ah. And they're just they're all just they're running like X Wings. That's what they're doing. This guy's taking this list and running it like an X Wing list. That's what he's doing. He has one flanker, possibly two with Dirge, and the rest of them, like I would actually argue HLC Ion is not the correct choice with Cad. I would probably run Synced and HLC. Um no, but you, 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 you can't. It's sink. Right, just sink. Yeah, yeah. Right. Shit. All right. Well, I don't know. I'd rethink that. But but with CAD, like that, whatever. That's they're probably running it on CAD because CAD gets the extra actions when somebody dies. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you try to kill CAD, it's never going to happen. You're just probably not going to do it. And if you kill one of the other ships, CAD's now double modded for whatever the hell CAD has. Or CAD aligns the HLC. That's usually that's in my experience. That's how I've ran that. But I will tell you, it is not a fun list to run when you freaking double calculate with a stupid Magna Guard protector, and you get how many maneuvers that are blue? Oh, two banks, right? Two banks are blue, and, and one banks, and two, three, four straight. Yeah, it's it's not fun. You don't go anywhere. It's like a T seven. It's like a T. It's like it's an X wing. It's a T sixty five. That's what it is. If only you fun. control people and put them on the other one, but you can't. They thought of it. The playtesting works. <laughs> I don't know. It's I ran. Did I did I run this list on Nick's stream? Was this on your stream that I ran? Like I ran five of them though. Uh, I don't know. I there was no. I remember streaming a game with Greg. I did commentary with Greg on Nickel City X Wing, and you like you like refused to play them properly and had them all far apart so <laughs> yeah. that the protectors couldn't actually be. We yes. were actually worried about your mental health that game because we didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> I didn't know how to fly it. So I was just like, fuck the world. You, you like placed the Magna Guard condition, but then like had that ship like literally the opposite side of the board. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Got them. Mind games. <laughs> yeah, they were. It, it worked. It worked. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I won't lie and tell you there. I was not sober that game. Yeah, I, we, we we figured. I think we <laughs> that even just makes you better like, at the game though, this right? Is high. <laughs> it, okay, so we've told this story before. This is like, man, we are really detracting from the show. But I told this the the way planning phase actually started was that 
just so you know, there was two people that got really high and thought it would be fun to record X-Wing games stone. <laughs> like, just as an FYI, that is officially how planning phase originally started. And you st- was, you're still going strong, doing the same thing to this day. Yeah, well, I'm not high right now, but... <laughs> Fuck you. <man>. All right. <laughs> Dice Saloon. Dice Saloon, a great... Bri- I'm guessing this is great, Ben. I don't... Yeah. It's, it's got Cormac Higgins and Ollie in it, so I'm guessing this is a... A yeah, British, in England. yeah, a British uh, tournament. You could also but, tell because their lists are confusing. Uh yes, but I'm very proud of Elliot Watts, uh, who came in fourth, essentially, right, because yep. of his fancy CIS list, which I will not cover. I'll let somebody else cover his list. But Elliot Watts is the gentleman that was my last game at Worlds, and that dude is hilarious, and he also has the Alex method. Of well, once you aren't going to make top cut at worlds, you might as well just get drunk. Um, he had me move ships for him. So <laughs> um uh love that guy. Who wants to take the winner? The winner was um Cormac Higgins with his rebel list that we've all seen before. But who wants to own reviewing the list we've seen a million times? I'll take yeah. care of it. I'll go for it. Yeah. So uh, we got Han Solo here with Millennium Falcon Saito, Bistan, Perceptive Co-Pilot, and Trickshot, uh, Bodic Avenge with Clan Training and Shield Upgrade, Harrison Dula with Swarm Tactics, and then Battle Yavin Luke with his standard loadout there. Um, essentially, with this one, you're flying Hera together with Bodica uh, to give the Swarm Tactics up to, to make Bodica a six. Uh, you get to shoot Bodica at I6 at a particular shot or at a particular opponent. Um, and that way, when uh, you trigger Bodica's ability, when they shoot at somebody else, uh, she can uh, just get that deplete after she takes that bonus shot, and then you can clear it with a uh, with the blue maneuver the following turn and rinse and repeat. Um, and essentially, Luke is your finisher here at I five as Han, Hera, and Bodica get to shoot at I six. Uh, if you set yourself up correctly, uh, you get a proton torpedo into an unmodded opponent and um, and finish them off really effective all right very uh yeah like i said we've seen this list this uh, it's not a bad list i i don't it's i don't know i don't put trick shot on Han. i guess that's just not me i don't put swarm tactics on hera <laughs> all right Mad i would agree Mad. with that too <laughs> that's, that's not my preferred style just take but... the lock with mag pulse don't spend the lock Instinct of aim a proton torpedo and double modded anyways. And whoever you're shooting. Pass the hair lock over. It's funny. <laughs> All right. And who wants to take the Elliot list that is a CIS list? No, no one. No one wants to take the Elliot list. This is a pretty fun list. I'll take it. It's funny. So you have Maul in the scimitar. With Palpatine, hate, and the title. Um, actually, kind of hilarious when Maul has four um, force because <laughs> he can spend a couple and still then use his ability. You have hate, which refills everything. It's hard to shoot at him when he can just stress you out. Um, yeah, but that that's his whole loadout. Is literally just Palpatine and hate. So <laughs> he's there to shoot things and then die. And you got a 
Dirge with Proton Cannons, Contraband, Engine Upgrade. Which you don't typically see a lot. It's either like Contraband and like a Lone Wolf, especially in a four-ship list kind of like this, or you do like the Crit one with the Marksmanship Proton Bombs. Uh, it's got Grievous with Shield Upgrade Marksmanship, and Impervium and Solus 1, and then Funny Reroll Droid. It is a all-offense, all-the-time list. Like who who do you take objectives with? Is it only Maul? <laughs> Is it the only one that takes objectives here? Even then, I mean <laughs> he's still only one agility, right? So But he will <laughs> help the lead ships. Oh yeah. Fair enough. That's a big gun. Yeah. Alright, the next tournament we have to cover does actually have a few unique lists in it that we have not seen specifically in that style. Misty Mountains had four, three and one, and one four and or four four and one and one three four and zero. Oh. Um, a very prominent uh showing for Republic in the top cut here. Um, we are not going to cover the the one decimator list, but we are going to cover the winner list. Nick, do you want to cover Buried Deep? which I don't know what that synonym means, but he buried it deep, I guess, and won a star championship. I guess sure. I should quit drinking. <laughs> oh, we can't hear Nick. He's being a, he's pulling a GSP. That's uh, fine. I uh, I forgot that my <laughs> mixer has a little mute thing, and I hit it when I was typing, and I forgot that I did that. Um, I know buried deep, but I, I can't remember their name. Um, like I, I That name rings a bell. But anyways, they brought a Republic list. And only two Arc 170s in this list. That's kind of cool. Uh, we got two uh, 7B Jedi and two of the Arcs. So at the top of the list leading off, we got Anakin with Outmaneuver, R4 Astromech, and Sync Consoles. Then we've got the Siege of Coruscant, uh, Oddball, and Wolf. Oddball has the Selfless, Veteran Tail Gunner, R4P, and Wolf has Wolf Pack, Veteran Tail Gunner, and Q7 Astromech, probably the least used Astromech in the game. <laughs> That's legal. <laughs> um, and then Mace Windu, uh, such a great value piece at five points with heightened perception and R4 uh, P17. So the outmaneuver on Anakin is interesting, though, right? Like, that's not something we always see. And then you have Sync Council. Is the Sync Council just because you have one point? You don't know what to yeah, do? Yeah, you have one it? point. You don't want to bring compassion, I guess. Um, I mean, I guess you could take a lock and be by your other ships if need be and pass it off, but probably because you have one point left over. Also, man, outmaneuver Anakin. They just point their guns at Anakin, and then that's mostly. Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem with that. I mean, it's like when you would put it in suits. It draws too much heat. Days. It, it, yeah, it draws too much heat. It's like, hey, look at me. Go after me. It, you're, you're really gambling on just your opponent allowing you to outmaneuver them. Uh, maybe you get one of you know you, there is a ship that isn't doesn't have you in their arc because you are double repositioning i6 uh but I, I don't think it's the most i mean it worked in this case but you have to think of store champs is like you know this might be a case where this is the best player in the local community and they were gonna you know and the people they're playing some of them you have a smattering of inexperienced people people that haven't played for a long time um people that are you know, playing a faction that isn't good, like let's come. Um, oh, well, <laughs> unless, it's <laughs> unless it's Alex. Um, <laughs> you know, just there's a lot of variability. You're not. It's not. You know, you're not store champs. I think a lot of people ex 
like when they look at lists that do well to store champ, you have to remember that the experience level and quality of lists in the meta is so fast and you know, not every not most things aren't optimized to win. Um, this is a good list, but I definitely, you know, it certainly doesn't stand out as one that would would turn heads at a huge national event. Um, I think one of the reasons just because it's fully four ships. It's yeah. ripped right out of early Republic 2.0. Yeah. And the outmaneuver thing too, like I just most people are gonna just go all in on Anakin or just not allow him to so he's going to have to play a very specific way with Anakin where he's not very aggressive. Like he is going to have to go on the flank and kind of come around and try to flank. Um, and people will just be like, no, <laughs> yeah. not going to do that. <laughs> All right. Do you think the Anakin is the, do you think Anakin is the objective getter in this list? No, no. I, Why I would think you they just no. go to try to kill everything? Because if you, you watch, so you don't want to guys real quick. You know what I learned at Gen Con is that, Anybody can be your objective getter. Like <laughs> D took a, a crate with chopper and never lost it. Like you just, whatever you got to do, like it might not be preferable. It might not be your number one choice, but like, yeah, sure. Anakin can be the objective getter sometimes in this list. Like I've taken crates with Lulo before it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're running, you know, a list where you, it's all a wings and a Falcon or something. It's like, or, you know, mostly a wing, whatever. You're going to have to have some one a wing, make that, take that fall, you know? They shoot backwards as they five straight yeah, evade. Yeah. I don't know. I have a hard time saying seeing a seven point ship that can throw three to four dice with the outmaneuver being the one taking the objective. I he guess. can scramble. I'll give him that. Not, all right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Alex, here you go. This is the next. Boost. Don't need action. You need to run this list uh, for uh, for Nickel City. There you go. We found you a list, baby. Oh, it's not enough. Not enough dedicated here. Nope, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this is the list you're running. JJ, as a captain, you got to overrule this shit. <laughs> At least it'll be something better than a Y wing. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, go, All right. Go the next the list. The next list. We're gonna go through the next list is another um, Republic list. This one has SOC Oddball. Sicko with saturation salvo, fives, barrage rocket, and munitions failsafe, just in case your barrage rockets do not hit. Um, uh, SOC Wolf, SOC Jag, and Broadside. And I have no idea what Broadside does, but Broadside has an ion cannon turret dedicated, which is on Alex's list, and R4 Astromech. Well, Broadside is actually super legit when he does uh, turret attacks. Uh, mm -hmm. If it's on his both sides what's why he's broadsiding people you can change a blank to a focus so there you go it's, it's the most accurate ion turret you can get except for it doesn't help when you have r4 i guess i guess you're just taking a focus i guess that's what you're doing is just taking the, that focus right yeah yeah i mean the r4 just helps with turning it, it removes the the strain from dedicated a lot easier yeah yeah i think it's a cool list this might be your next list that you run I like two of those. All right. So we're going to move. We only got a few more. We got a few more, and then we're going to wrap it up. We we really need to be out by 1130 tonight, though. Yeah. Um, so uh, Jacktown, Michigan, which is actually just Jackson, Michigan. I don't know why they call it Jacktown, but it's not really Jacktown. Um, though you do not want to hang out in Jacksonville uh, or Jackson very often. It's not the, the most fun it's town to hang out in. It's insane asylum slash prison yeah. system. 
It is there. Our very own Alex took down a store championship this weekend only because Tanner decided not to go. If I had been there, I mean, it might have been a different conversation, but he, um, he would have beat you by three objective points, bro. <laughs> I had the highest strength of schedule in the, in the All right. damn tournament. Okay. All right. You're killing me. You're that's whatever. That's very true. There was two scum lists. I hate you sometimes. Alex, <laughs> Alex has somehow always had higher strength of schedule every time or more mission points. One of the two. Like, I don't know. We played in what, four together? Four? Something like that. Yeah. And out of the four, three of them we've tied on strength of schedule, but he's always beaten me on mission points. The fourth one, he beat me on strength of schedule, though. So this one I chose not to go to because I didn't think they were going to hand out a search champion. <laughs> invite so i didn't go this weekend so. can i request that nick read this and try to interpret what monstrosity of a list i brought <laughs> yep just because nick has said he doesn't believe in scum but so is jj i mean in fairness it's not just nick i mean everyone should not oh in fairness in it's everybody it's like you're not seeing scum getting played for a reason it's not a coincidence that people just forgot their scum list at home like you know but yes, all right nick let's torture nick a little bit here Nick, what the fuck did Alex bring? <laughs> and what is this list actually be an ongoing segment? Honestly, what the fuck did Alex bring? To uh, I mean, I see Afron. I already know you're up to no good. Um, so you got Lima Kai with Plasma Torps R four B eleven. Which, correct me, is that the reroll? Like you, you get you spend a red or orange token to force them to reroll any amount of defense dice. Got it. Okay, how many times can you do that? I do that all the time. Almost oh, it's, it's oh, time. it's not charge based. It's literally it is okay. not. It is nice. just removing a red or orange token, which cool. includes your own target lock, by the way. Pretty good. Um, uh, Cad Bane <laughs> with Mars Pitch Tip. So that's an I five. So Lima's an I five. So you lied. That's my so ace. It's an I, if it's your ace. <laughs> Lima's ability is also Lima's ability is also sneaky good. It, like doesn't come up often because, but her ability is like before you before you engage. If there's nobody. In, if you're not if in it, anyone's front in arc. anybody's front arc anybody um i think is it front arc or firing arc just front arc, front right? arc. just front arc. so you could be like rear arc i yeah, no problem yeah. uh you uh you may acquire just acquire a lock on an enemy or an object in your front half yep so you can just like if you just know that you're gonna have like the the, the flank and they're not turning in your three-point y-wing you just focus you're like all right thanks for the lock a double botted plasma. I have done that before. Or you like 4K behind their list. Generally, it's yeah. when that happens. Yeah. Um, super because Lima's so cheap, I think it's actually going to happen more often now that people kind of boost away or something and then they realize that you just gave them a lock. They just gave you a lock. Uh, Bosk, the uh, the best part of this list here are two points Z95s going on here. CAD, sir. Oh, did I? Did I, I? In my head, I did CAD and then I never said him. <laughs> CAD Bane with Marsonship, Proton Cannons, Contraband, Cybernetics, Zandu Blood, and Lats Razi. Alex, what does Lats Razi do for the for the public? Spend your opponent's stress to change one of your dice to an evade. Actually, very good. So yeah. if you're blocking, it's I mean, if you can coordinate blocks and stuff, it could actually be really solid, especially or they're just linking actions, right? Or you play um, against Fang Fighters. So there's CAD. Uh, I like the Lats Razi edition. Proton cannons is good. So um, especially with the medium base, large base meta. You've probably got that off several, a few times at least. Yeah. Um, this is this, so. This is the reason that that dirge cannot have the title in scum. Just so you know, this is the sole reason dirge cannot have that title. Because dirge could run proton cannons, lot Razi, hands down, and dirge would just never die ever. 
Yeah, but scum but scum dirge is worse, right? Then, yeah, it is. Yes. I I beat scum dirge at uh, my store champ. Um, it was just like he method. He wasn't able to cancel results because the results that I would roll, he would roll would never work, so that he could well, do it. It was just crits. like oh, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would just roll a bunch of crits because that's what I do. That's actually what happened, Alex. Is I would just roll too many crits. No, Cad's uh, bane ability actually comes into play a lot. Yeah, Cad Cad allows you. So he, I, I you know, verbatim, I don't remember off the top of my head, but he essentially can throw tokens at people like red tokens right if or you orange hit tokens. them you can pass a red yep. or orange token by spending two charges yep um so i have can... double stressed so many hans with yeah campaign. oh i can imagine um my my uh bays malvis han would be upset <laughs> bosk with marksmanship and expert handling uh you know don't count out bosk he is the x factor in this list for sure <laughs> And then we've got <laughs> Manaru with expert handling, Gar Saxon Gunner, which basically allows you to spend a red token or you know, like that could be a lock to roll an additional or an die orange. or an orange token to roll an additional die. Contraband Cybernetics, Punishing One, and R5 P8. That one is the reroll droid, though, though for attacking, right? R5 yes. P8. And I have knocked my own crate off taking the crit on R5 P8 before. Ooh. Because you just oh, don't take the correct damage. And then rounding out the list, Dr. Afra. This is where Dr. Afra likes to get close to you and likes to uh it, you're you'll 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 tell me tell me your ability again, because there's a couple of caveats here for it to work. Uh when you activate, you can spend a green token and one of her three non-reoccurring charges to give a stress to a ship at zero to one that doesn't have one already. Yeah. So uh, can be pretty good. You gotta get close. Gotta you gotta have the green token to spend. That's why uh, Lando is on there. Because Lando allows you to. I mean, also Lando allows you to spend tokens to reroll dice um, as well. So triple zero makes sense. You can either give them the stress or you get the calculate. You can use for the ability with Doctor Afra. Lando allows you to spend tokens to reroll. And Lando's ability is it, it's for attack and defense or just attack. Lando's abilities after you roll dice. Mm-hmm. I have spent oh, green just... tokens to reroll Dangar's dice to kill ships. Oh wow! There you go. Yeah, that's really More good. Dengar, Dengar Gunner, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Which basically, uh, after somebody, after you defend, if they're in your firing arc, you uh, they might either ditch a green token or you roll a die and they suffer damage based on the if there's a damage result rolled, right? So a crit yeah, is a crit, a hit is a hit. One damage. Yeah. Um, is a crit still dealt as a face-up damage card? Just the damage. Just the damage. Yeah, Babu Frick, so you can park some of those bad tokens on a somewhere else for a little while. Or Baffle. someone tries to mag pulse my reinforce off. I just throw it on Babu. Oh, yes. No. See, my Literally list, my my imperial list is just gonna shoot at you, so I don't care about any of this. Uh, electronic, <laughs> electronic baffle, and uh, hounds too to round out the list. You got the title there. Um, so. <laughs> let's see what are you trying to do here you're trying well you're trying to make your opponent get you're trying to give them things that they don't want like hey i got this for you i got this for you i hit you here's this uh, i'm in your way um thanks for jam later we'll address that later but not now um i mean it's super scummy i love it it's hilarious i uh, i mean do i think you're gonna beat paul heaver with it i'm not sure but <laughs> No, this list I will <laughs> hits significantly harder than it looks, and there's just nothing but triggers and complicated parts. Um, it mostly just catches people by surprise because they look at that and they're like, "Well, that's twenty upgrades. That's cool. I'm going to set up over here, and we'll figure this out later." Yeah, they'll just ask you a million questions. So, who is who do you go after? Like, if you 
who what's the right choice to go after in this list? Like the number I one thing to kill. I don't the, know. I don't know what there I would do go. against this particular list. It's not Cad Bane, I'll tell you that. I mean, I would probably go after Afra. I think Afra is the correct choice, but by doing so, you have to deal with like Dengar. Um, right. Which is why I put on there. Originally, I had like Dead Man Switch and Contraband, but Babu really helps against Mag Pulses. Mm. And I usually keep Manaru behind Afra. So if you are in danger of 4Kng me, I give you the stress with Afra's ability. If not, I have Manaru right there behind yeah. me. It's really difficult to flank Afra uh, the way mm. I fly it. But it's yeah. a lot of. Two large bases, options. three hmm? more ships beyond that, too. Like, two large bases, and it's still a five-ship list. Yeah. And, um, yeah, a lot of it's just like, well, you you get this red token from triple zero. Cool, I can re-roll that with R4B11. Or I can pull that off with Manaru. Or I can give you a stress with Afro for her ability, shoot at you, and then pull it off with Manaru and roll four dice. I love that you can re-roll Dengar's die, though. I think that's... yes. It's very, Last very clutch. For sure. uh, really good against bomblets as well. Yeah. I've done a couple times where I'm just like, oh, there's a bomblet there. Oh, no, it's doing a couple hits. I'm just going to re-roll that. Uh, Cad Bane can pass you stress tokens, which also works for Manaru or double stressing things. If you take the triple zero stress, I've done this a lot of Hans. They take the triple zero stress because they're like, whatever. Yeah. And right. then I hit it with Cad Bane. And it's like, cool, now you're double stressed. Poor Han. Yeah. Oh, this thing eats Hans. This thing eats Arcs. <laughs> uh, it eats most of the things in the meta. It's actually just hilarious. I love this list. It's one of the most fun fun lists I've played. It seems I'm not like going to take it to Worlds. <laughs> no, you have uh, to. But... No, you have to. Yeah. Sorry. This this list is a monstrosity, but it's it's incredible. There's a lot of really non obvious things um, in this list that you just don't realize. It's like oh. Yeah, that was a bad choice I made by giving him this. <laughs> it right. happens a lot. Oh, no. That's not good. Oh, no. Uh, dude, I'm super distracted by the list to the right of it, though. <laughs> like, no, your list is awesome, but the list next to it, I'm like, oh, that's... That was what? my opponent at the final table. It was a scum on scum battle. And, and how much did you win by? I won by two points. There you go. So that's how close this was. Went the time. A juking Captain Seavor. You got the Mandalorian with Razor Crest, Suppressive Gunner, and Beskar plating. Old T with Fearless Clan trading, Beskar, Mando Optics, and Ben Rao with Fearless Predator, Beskar, and Mando Optics. What? Um, <laughs> so I we actually played in Chance, which is the worst for my list and probably the best for his list. So it was actually really annoying. And Seavor actually just really messes with specific parts of my list. Um, but that Mandalorian, man, that is a pain because you can Mando ability and then pull off the focus that you converted for for suppressive gunner. Which I'm not sure if he realized he can do that. That's but you can. Wow, wow, I, I didn't even think of that. It just takes seven of your ten loadout to do so. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, but if it was anything that's not specifically chance, where I have to take a deplete or I take a damage, I'm not sure if that's the Mandalorian build I'd bring. But it was yeah. a pain. And that, he that, flew. That chassis so well. is brutal, dude. I, I just tried. I can't handle it. Good it was much him. better when he had seven points and doubled the loadout and another crew. Yeah, terrible at seven points. I mean, just hated the cost of him, man. Now, yeah, he's kind of basically unplayable now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's but why he, I'm shocked. Obviously, <laughs> not. I don't know. Like, it gave you a run for your money, baby. 
again, specifically because it was chance, and I couldn't Whatever. take extra damage. Uh, but no, he he flew his ass off, man. He like was winning most of the game that we were playing. Like he only lost mostly because I forced him in such a position that Fenrell had to go over an asteroid and then died from that. From me like blocking him. Uh, but no, he flew his ass off. Like he he just crushed it the whole tournament. And actually, the top four right there that you see, those were all my opponents. Wow. Yeah. Dude, dude at Gen Con, man, it was like a boss fight after boss fight for me, dog. <laughs> it's like it's like every person I played at a, at a uh, world, World's Invite. Like, congratulations. You hey, beat Eric. He just won his. And then you fight Marcel Manzano. Congratulations. You beat Marcel <laughs> Manzano. You fight Dune. Congratulations. You <laughs> beat Dune. You fight Ryan Farmer. I'm like, I'm like oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and you beat every single one of them. Look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah the buy, dude. The buy, the game with the buy was the closest, man. That was had me sweating bullets for sure. Because I got the round one buy. I was like, I'm never going to buy. <laughs> But yeah, this is uh, no one else will ever fly this scum list. I'm actually literally the only person in the world to fly that combination of ships, let alone those pilots and upgrades. All right. Well, we're going to move on to the next one real quick, and then we really got to wrap it up yeah. for the night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of us got to work in the morning. Um, so the next one is out of France. The winner essentially ran Paul Heaver's list, uh, Padme. And Anakin with three arcs. I'm not going to cover it because whatever. It's a meta staple right now. But Nick, what the next list is a three ship, all large base, two, not just one, two, specifically two ghost ship. What the hell is this? And would you ever run this? Answer that question first. Would you ever run this? And what the I'm hell? Trying is to find this? this on the the dock. Where where oh. the hell is this? Is that the bottom? Yeah, it's under um, Elitican. I could I could say the list. Uh, yeah, go for it. Say the list. Let's... Okay, so you have Han Solo with hopeful perceptive Bistan engine title. You don't take Chopper because you're already flying it. So then you have Chopper with saw. Dorsal and veteran turret gunner. And then you have Kanan in the VCX with patience, FCS, ion cannon, Chewbacca, Magva, and veteran turret gunner. So I could already tell you the reason why this person won three games is that they decided not to shoot at Kanan. <laughs> and Kanan was like, but of course, but of course, but of course. Would I ever play it? I would. I brought. Uh, I brought um, Han and Lando's the my uh, uh, store recently and played it. And it was pretty good. Um, it's one of those lists that I would never think to bring um, to a competitive event, uh, mainly because uh, the Chopper and Kanan uh, lose out on opportunities to reinforce when they desperately need it pretty often. Um, because of range zero, when you bump people, you just can't clear maneuvers. You can't get turned around. But clearly, I, I would imagine people were trying to joust them, and Kanan would, played a huge role in taking away offensive power going into the yeah. list. If you're shooting a Kanan, you probably just win if you have enough shots going into him because Kanan can't use his ability, thankfully, on himself. 
Um, he used to be really expensive. Now he's at least a bit cheaper. Um, he's seven though, isn't he? Yeah, so he's, he's still seven. kind of he's yeah, still he's the still seven cool. is a lot still. Yeah, but I he mean, still it's... has Magva on Kanan that way. Like even if you are shooting Kanan, at least he gets a lock out of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it just depends on if he gets hit with a specific crit or like a blinded or something. But those are you know things I can control with Merrick, but maybe not most people can. Just magpuls him. So just mag yeah, or just magpuls. That's the other thing too, right? Is that magpulses are pretty stock, as I think at an all time high now. It's amazing how long that card has been out, and no one's played it until just recently. But it's very powerful now, especially. I've been yelling at people to play magpuls since it came out. Yeah, magpulses are solid. Um, chopper, uh, dorsal for yeah, the double tap is good. So we almost acts as like in a one and a half ships. Um, Han is almost two ships, so it's almost like a four ship list with the ability to attack more than once. Yeah, and then, you know, Chopper doesn't have Magva because it's on Kanan, so you just bring something else, and that's VTG yep. and Dorsal. Yeah, I like Chopper. I think Chopper actually has a place in the meta right now, which I remember dying on the hill saying the Ghost will never be, you know, have a place in the meta. I just still <laughs> think that. that Chopper at six Chopper at six points absolutely cannot be anymore, though. Um, he, his ability is great. He just also suffers from, oh, I wish I could 4K, but everyone's in my way kind of thing. Yeah. Because he's an I too. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Nick, so much for joining us tonight. It was a fun episode. We gotta have you on more often. You gotta come on like every couple of months or something like that and be like, "Hey, I still am alive, fuckers." You know, or yeah. something like that. I'm still alive. <laughs> yeah, I still stream. At least you do still stream. Yes, we actually. I yeah. actually watch. I like to. The best. The best stream you do. No offense. Is your Jedi Survivor stream. Because I like to give you shit in the chat whenever you stream. And, like, typically it's a Friday night, so if I'm not doing anything, I can watch you stream on my laptop, on my little, um like, folding table next to while I play Diablo or whatever the nice. hell I'm playing. Yeah. So, like, I can sit there and get, um I can get turned up a notch. And then I can watch it. And then, like, I can stop whatever game I'm playing to, like, shit talk you in the chat or something like that or i, I mean i opened myself like, for it man i posted a youtube short just uh the, today of me raging at jedi survivor because i died to the same thing like 30 times and lost yeah. my mind like almost broke my controller so yeah. it's, be it's because you're playing this one like you're playing on the hardest level for no reason <laughs> yeah, I'm playing on like, the hardest like, difficulty yeah, like, it's like, perfect it's, content it's like, man <laughs> it's like it's like when you were running like han and luke and wedge and you're like all right, I'm going to play this. I'm going to play it on TCS. And then your dice go zero evades. And you're like, it's a good I list, guys. I'm it, telling man. you. Don't worry. <laughs> no, it it's is, a good list. dude. Top 16 of Gen Con with it. It beat double Desis with it. It was a good list. It, <laughs> it is, sucks but you now. can't do shit on TCS. And like that, that no. that's like watching you play Jedi Survivor sometime. You're like, oh, I'm going to play this. And then, oh, no. Oh, something <laughs> stupid happened. Because Jedi Survivor has these weird... It's it's weird. Like there's this one um I can't remember the name of the stupid like enemy, but there's that one enemy that like will come at you <clears throat> and does like like so much insane amount of damage and you have to like break his block before you can do damage to him. It's stupid. It's the dumbest thing it's ever. It's a tough game, man. Yeah. Yeah. So you should just play Jedi Academy. I I dude, <laughs> I streamed the oldies too, dude. Hell yeah. Yeah, I've streamed the Jedi Academy. I, I did a run through of it. I've done playthroughs for Republic Commando, for Jedi Academy, for like all the, the Battlefront Two Classic, like all the you know, tons of Star Wars games. Uh, Friday nights is for those of you guys that you know. Tanner's basically leading into a little promo for Three One Two Squadron streams Fridays and Sundays. 
usually on Fridays, we just stream something that's not X-Wing related just for my sanity and because it's fun, but it's, you know, pretty casual and we have a good time. Sundays is almost always X-Wing. And then sometimes when the draft league starts, we'll stream like three or four times a week. Just a lot of X-Wing. So, yeah, check it out. We're on Twitch, Discord. Yeah. You should play the pod racing game. That thing was awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe maybe Nick will do that just for us. He'll do it just, just for you, Alex. He'll call it the guys. bench warmers <laughs> failure to do anything and um, run the pod racing game, which sucks. That game sucks. That, that game is incredible. Play. I hate that game. Why? I hate it's that fun. game. I lose, every, I lose all the time. I hate <laughs> <the losing. laughs> That's why. It's Here's like my attitude error. with TTS. Like, I hate that game. I lose all the time. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. <laughs> like, we're on the same page here. All right. Anyway, let's not <laughs> delay the inevitable. Thank you all for joining us. If you have not followed um, 312 Squadron, we have their links in the description for the show tonight. You can make sure you go over and support them on Twitch. They do a lot of amazing things, and they also do in-person streaming. So if you are in Nick's vicinity... best-looking streaming. Or you would like to pay Nick to come stream your uh, games, make sure you get a hold of them. They have a very generous uh, package available for you to be able to go and have them stream your event. And if I were to have anybody stream, I would want Nick to stream over anyone else because Nick, 90% of the time, is unbiased in what he streams every Thank once in a while he gets a little biased about Luke, but you know yeah <laughs> everybody has <laughs> thank yeah. you i appreciate that tanner <laughs> anyway if you would like to support 312 squadron make sure you go over their youtube channel and go over to their discord no you don't have a discord you have facebook that's right we have discord you do have the, yeah you i even just tagged you in it <laughs> that's right you did did you tag me in it i don't know yeah we're no, doing I've it for the streaming. fundraiser yeah all right. Anyway, thank you all so much. We'll be back next week, 9 p.m. Eastern. At some point, JJ will not have COVID, and we'll try to stream an in-person game for us, and we will test that ability that we have out once JJ doesn't have COVID, and they have a, uh, a streaming event in his area. Uh, September is looking uh, like the possibility, if not October, definitely. But um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be getting those live in-person games here to you guys soon. So hope you guys have a great night. And if you want to come hang out with Alex and I, we have um, the 16th. Okay, the weekend before. The 10th is the weekend before, right? The 10th or the 9th, one of the two, is a store championship in Lansing. The 16th, there's a store championship in Michigan in Livonia. That's one I'm running. Yep. And then the 23rd, there's a store championship in Kentwood, Michigan. And then... Two weeks later, oh, and the week after that, there's a store championship in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And then the week after that is Michigan GT again in Lansing. So if you want to come hang out with Alex and I, because JJ sucks and doesn't live in Michigan, you're welcome (laughs) to come hang out with the two of us. And we will, between the two of us, we will be at every one of those store championships. I will definitely go to the one that Alex is running since he's already won and doesn't have to play anymore and can't beat me anymore. So. Get my triple zero full art. I know it's awesome, right? You gotta love that. Then <laughs> the you can one use person it that runs. Yeah. So, all right. Thank you all. Have a good night, and we'll see you on the flippity flop. Have a good night. Bye.